0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Millennial Rewind, where we take a not-so-sentimental look at the movies and TV shows that were around when millennials were growing up. I'm your host, Nick, coming to you from the cruel high school bets capital of the world, Los Angeles, California. And joining me here in the City of Angels is my co-host, Jules. Jules, how
1: are you doing today? I'm learning how to walk up and down stairs without falling over, Nick. It is hard for some people It really is And joining us
0: from the part of Southern California Whose residents are all sixpence none the richer My other co-host John John, what's happening?
2: I'm trying to get my balls supersized (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> and before we explain what any of that means, if you like what you hear today, please do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and also be sure to share the show with anyone you think might like to listen as well. And back to our show, which is today we are going to be reviewing the 1999 teen romantic comedy She's On. All That, just in time for the gender-swapped remake on Netflix. And John, how would you tell someone you watched She's All That without saying the title She's All That?
2: I would say I watched Not Another Teen Movie without the references to other movies. It's
1: so <laughs> true. It is not another teen movie.
2: It's It well I mean it's like Scream to scary movie. It's the
0: basis on which it was built. Oh, for sure. It is unself-aware not another teen movie. I think it's slightly self-aware. Uh, Again, referencing
2: Scream is of self-aware horror movie. They call out the tropes but also make it work and play it
0: straight. I think this does too. And Jules, if the producers had asked you to come up with a different title for this movie, what would it be?
1: I had to go simple this time. I just went with Crazy Rich Teenagers. <laughs> All right. All
0: right. It's true there is a huge class component to the the
1: the clashes between the
0: characters for for
1: sure. I swear it's it's just like uh I hate rich people movie, you know. I I, I couldn't get past that. <laughs> so time. a
2: teen high school movie. Yeah, yes. pretty
1: much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I know teenagers are the worst, which we'll get to, which is why I really loathed watching this is that this this movie didn't seem to do anything to detract from that theory.
2: Yeah, but it's okay, because they're actually in their mid-twenties.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's not a single teenager here, and they don't look anything no. like I think
2: I think Kieran Culkin was still a teenager. <laughs> yeah, a but time. like 13.
0: <laughs> so, what are your guys' experiences with this movie when it came out?
2: I hated it when it came out. Fair enough. I was still in high school. I would have been on the laney side of the, you know, (laughs) the divide squarely. But like I said, I I actually think it is somewhat self aware and satirical. and, And watching it now, I really did enjoy the hell out of it, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it wasn't as bad as I... I mean, it's not great. It's got its issues, for sure. Oh, of course. You know, we're going to get to them, but it definitely held up a lot better than I imagined it would. I also... This was, like, pre-high school for me, and I definitely watched it on home video. I'm not sure I saw it in theaters, and I just remembered enjoying it.
1: Yeah, for me, it felt a bit too American, even though the teen stuff definitely carried through across culture, but... I don't know, I, I, I was along with it for the beginning and then just towards the end I just felt like it fizzled out. I, I'm just really bored by the end.
0: Oh, they definitely were padding for time towards the end of the third act.
2: Oh, I have a specific note about it.
0: Okay. <laughs> but Jules, I'm guessing you did I mean you, you did see it when it first came out back in the, the late. No, 90s. I didn't. Actually oh, didn't. this is okay. my first
1: my first watching. Um fair enough. But it there there was no appeal for me.
0: Okay, so it just wasn't a big thing in England.
1: Yeah, teen movies, not sure if this is an English thing or just a me thing, never really understood the appeal. Um, I saw a bunch when I was an adult because I was curious, but yeah, it never really interested me as a teenager. I I was far more interested in action movies and things like that, being a stereotype. <laughs> Fair, fair enough.
0: These kind of movies were, if I recall, quite big in South Africa. South Africans liked watching American movies, and that included the high school movies. It included the college movies. Yeah, I wasn't an outlier watching this down there. So some crazy facts about this movie. Guess who did a massive polish on this script?
2: Are you talking about the uncredited rewrite? The uncredited rewrite uh, of this oh, film by everyone's at one point favorite director, M. Night Shyamalan.
0: <laughs> I know it blew my fucking mind when I found out this guy he did a massive polish on this mm-hmm. film. So much so that he, I think in 2013, claimed that he ghost wrote the film. What something the original writer, you know vigorously pushed back against but i mean we'll i'll, I'll p- point out the line but there's apparently one line in particular that a meramax exec confirmed that Shyamalan wrote
2: Okay, so they had him do a rewrite and then they can only confirm one line. <laughs> well,
0: one executive can confirm one line. I, there are many other people involved in this movie. Some of them are people that are problematic. We'll get there. Uh, also shot at the same high school where they filmed Beverly Hills 90210. Oh. Yep, Torrance High School. So Beverly Hills 90210 not filmed in Beverly Hills. Shocker. Also supposedly the last movie that Gene Siskel of Siskel and Ebert fame reviewed before he died. Well that's a shame that it had to be this one. <laughs> I
1: know. <laughs> so this was the movie that finally took him out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Confirmed she's all
1: that killed Gene Siskel.
2: <laughs> bad bad
0: bad Jules.
1: <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm trying to follow you to hell, John. It's it's gonna take some work. You've got such a head well,
2: start. No, you'll
1: get there. I'll you know, I'll I'll have the banquet
0: ready. Yeah. <laughs> welcome streamers Bugs Bunny and the gang will be there
1: you'll be the one nominating me for Hell Queen
0: And this movie, I mean, we'll talk about it more when we get into the actual movie, has the craziest cast. Oh, it's, it's impeccable. Unbelievable. Top-notch. Ridiculously top-notch cast. I mean...
1: You will spend most of this movie going, holy shit, who is that? Oh, that guy. Or yes. that girl. or <laughs> When was... She, she was in something. She agreed to come on
0: for a non-speaking, uncredited role in one scene. <laughs> what? Easy, boys. We'll get to
2: Scott Tennerman when we get there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we will get to Scott Tenorman. Obligatory South Park reference. <laughs> and off of that obligatory South Park reference, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we will start breaking down She's All That. <sighs> Thanks for meeting up with me, guys. Getting dumped really sucks. Hey, no worries, Nick. We're your friends. We're here for you. Okay, well, let's all take it easy. What? Anyway, yeah, I'm just super down, and all I want to do is just process these emotions, you know? Sure, sure, sure. But you gotta know, your ex is doing really well without you. John, that's a horrible
1: thing to say to someone after a breakup. Seriously, chill out, you guys.
0: You
2: getting dumped is gonna ruin your reputation. I mean, everything you ever worked for in this place is shit now because of your failed
0: relationship okay dude seriously are you hearing yourself that's not what a good friend would say there's no need to get violent i mean for real you're nothing without her okay you know what no i made my ex i could go out with any girl in this bar any girl and make her prom queen oh oh oh! is this a bet are we gonna bet Yeah, motherfucker, this is a bet.
1: Yeah. Okay, cut that shit out. One, you're grown-ass men. There is no prom. Two, using people like pawns in your ego-driven crap is morally reprehensible. And three, even if you were at prom-going age, you're the last guys in the world that could turn an unpopular girl into prom queen. Honestly, look at yourselves. (coughs) Wow, that was really harsh, Jules. I'm just glad we got it all cleared up. Also, you both need to relax. This has gone way out of hand. Out of
2: hand how? Dude, what the hell are you going on about? I'm Dulé healing you
1: guys.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's going to make so much more sense
1: after the break. Nothing I ever do makes sense.
2: (laughs) Got that (laughs) damn right.
0: (laughs) And we're back, and we are going to start off with the opening credits for this movie, which is just a montage of political art with this very... I mean, I don't think it's cheaply done for the late 90s, but now you could probably get an After Effects thing for it, but this paint effect that swirls into the opening credits.
1: Now, with the exception of that, and possibly the light filter, this could have been the intro for Seven, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, with the cutting up of newspapers, with the it was I was seriously getting seven oh bites God. from this. Throw on some nine-inch nails in the <laughs> background. Absolutely. fucking
0: Oh fuck you, Jules. I wish I thought of that. <laughs> Uh, My music note here is, God, I miss 90s rock. There's just something about that sound, which is just, I mean, this is like old man Nick talking, but it just sounds so much better than any so-called rock that gets made today. I feel like rock around 2007 just became shit. (laughs) Yeah. You got old. I got old. So... Right off the bat, we meet Rachel Lee Cook, and she's got a name in this movie, but I don't care. I'm calling her by her real name. This cast is so good. I'm just going to be calling them by. Okay,
2: yeah. Like in previous episodes, it's like uh, like small soldiers, you know, it's oh, there's Kirsten Dunst and Phil Hartman and Adam. You know? Yes. This exactly. whole cast is call them by their real names.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. call them by their real names. It's Usher. I'm sorry, it's just Usher.
0: It's yeah! Usher. Yeah, Usher's in this movie. We'll get to Usher, but Usher's in this movie. This is I like didn't the... know who
2: Usher was at the time this came out, oh. but now I watch it and go,
0: are you fucking kidding me?
2: Again, are you fucking kidding me? This movie.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, Rachel, her, her character name is Lainey Boggs, but we're going we're gonna to be calling her rachel lee cook because she's rachel lee fucking cook and the movie immediately wants you to think that rachel lee cook isn't hot (laughs) and i don't buy that movie she's a fucking smoke show no matter how many
1: paint caked overalls you put her Mm -hmm. in attractive girl is attractive yep for some reason she has the one ring from frodo dangling around her neck which (laughs) felt like an odd yeah,
2: I thought that was supposed to be like maybe her mom's ring, but it's very clearly
0: a man's ring. It's, it's, it's wide, there's no stone. There's no... Who knows? But it's her job, apparently, to make her little brother breakfast. Not just breakfast, yeah. breakfast in get bed. Deliver it, but not breakfast in bed. Because he has to come to the door to get it his own damn self. Right, but still, yeah, delivery. She has to post mates <laughs> his fucking breakfast to him. And her little brother is kieran culkin Mm -hmm. macaulay culkin's little brother and kieran culkin has the same reaction to having to get up in the morning for school as i did every morning having to get up for school
1: my notes here is that because she starts this rant about corporate america yeah i I wrote in my note that his reaction is appropriate to those (laughs) rants i just want to fall asleep whenever someone gets on some sort of a high horse with those Mm -hmm. rants
0: and he eventually gets up after she threatens to hock a loogie in his orange juice. And I'm pretty sure Rachel Lee Cook hocked a real loogie and has amazing loogie control. She seems to
2: when she slurps it back in. But yeah, she she also pulls like the, I'm going to do it. One, two, five and three quarters. <laughs> yeah, Kieran Culkin is so lucky she drank milk for breakfast <laughs> that day. And Kieran has hearing aids in.
0: Yeah, he's got a hearing aid in, and I think later his character is established as having some sort of learning or attitude like some sort of disorder that they're actually like fairly respectable about. I think they forget about it in the movie. They don't spend really any time
2: with him. They completely forget about it. I did a little looking because yeah, there's nothing that draws attention. He has him in and maybe it was something that hit the cutting room floor. But um I did a little bit of looking and there's an interview with him where he mentions how this movie is on all the time. And the reason I know it is because my friends call me and tell me that it's on. And then they ask why I'm wearing hearing aids. And the answer is, I have no fucking clue.
1: <laughs> Even he didn't know. It. That's his answer. His answer is, I have no fucking clue with the expletive in there. I don't think they realized what disability they were giving him. They just, (laughs) they
0: were Yeah. But at least they weren't making fun of him for having one. And there's consequences for people who do. So weirdly progressive in a very late nineties ham fisted way. So now we're at school, and the school announcer, who is Usher, that's just his job Usher. in the movie, is to be the school announcer. Yeah. I don't think he interacts with any <laughs> he just other He narrates character. what happens at school. Yes, that's what he does, and then he's the DJ later. And, you know, the school announcer giving exposition cliche, letting us know that everyone's back from spring break. And we, we're mm-hmm. still getting more opening credits, and my note here is, were these opening credits, Cast credits done with word art?
2: Yes. I feel yes, like they were they done were. with word I, art. I could not remember the name of it, but I was like, oh man, when you're on Microsoft or like Hyperlink and you need to make your font look cool, there was a fucking name for that.
0: <laughs> yep. Word, word art. art. They absolutely made these opening cast credits with word art. The cast is ridiculous, including Rachel Lee Cook's dad. You just
2: want to do the list now or as they show up in the movie?
0: Let's do them as they show okay. up. So. Rachel E. Cook is dropped off by her father, who is played by Kevin Pollock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the perpetual dad and everything, but they got <laughs> Kevin Pollock for this movie. And apparently, his reason for wanting to be in the movie is because he wanted to work with Freddie Prince Jr., and he's in like three seconds of this movie with Freddie Prince Jr. So. I'm not sure if that's the real reason or what's going on. Got his wish. He got his wish. So
2: so we mentioned a little bit about class, you know, earlier as part of this. Um, yeah, their dad is taking them both to school. They're not driving themselves or riding the bus. And he's a pool man. He's Dr. Pool. Yeah. And the little logo on the side of his truck has been defaced.
1: So it says Dr. Pooh. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Someone tried to scrub out the L. It's just nice little touches like that. Little that makes like me that. love
1: this movie. Poo jokes and fault jokes.
0: <laughs> but this is a subtle one. No,
2: the fact that one of the reasons they make fun of Laney is that her dad's a pool guy and they take it so far as to deface his business. Like, it's consistent
0: within the world of the movie. It's not the fact that it's a goddamn poo joke. <laughs> poo. <laughs> Shit aside, Freddy Prince Jr. shows up, and he's his license plate on his Jeep Wrangler yes. says Mr. Prez. So this guy
1: is instantly irredeemable in my book.
0: <laughs> See, again, part of why I love
2: this movie, and I say it is somewhat self-aware.
1: Because what? One, you gotta be
2: the absolute worst to get that plate, or it gets passed down every year. <laughs> like, <laughs> It doesn't make any goddamn sense to be a high schooler with Mr. Prez. And then his introduction, which, again, is riffed straight for um, Not Another Teen Movie, is he looks at a picture of himself and then turns around. That's his reveal, wearing the same clothes and the same expression as his photo (laughs) in the hallway at school. I mean, you already know not to take this movie that seriously.
0: Yeah, after having parked in his, you know, (laughs) set-aside-for-him-student-body-president-official-parking-space, and god you could mop the floor with how wet all the girls walking down the hallway get when he goes past he calls one connie and that's not her name and she doesn't give a fuck because he talked to her
1: you see it's movies like this that perpetuate the myth that the world revolves around teenagers and that being a teenager is an important stage of life neither are true yep and <laughs> movies like this make me angry for saying otherwise
0: and also just how goddamn great it must be to be a protagonist exactly <laughs> god if only i could be a protagonist so rachel lee cook meets up with her fat bff
1: eldon henson eldon henson yeah I know. From i got mighty... super excited when i saw eldon henson in this <laughs> of mighty
0: ducks and daredevil the series fame it's and so here's the thing he's playing the fat best friend there's going to be a lot of like haha look at him he's fat my theory about his character is that they couldn't do the gay best friend (laughs) like they were gonna do the gay best friend but it's the late 90s and everyone's still crazy homophobic and they're like no we can't have the gay best friend because you know you gross gay people just make them fat and like a loser and then that's going to be the source of humor for him
1: yeah he likes puzzles yeah
0: whatever it is
1: and he's also actually the only likable character in this entire movie one of the few one of the few so
0: freddie prince jr meets up with paul fucking walker oh yeah holy fucking shit paul 1999 was paul he was in this and he was in varsity blues like this is him pre fast and the furious
2: yeah this was his lead up i mean it was right there
0: yeah, this is Paul Walker ascending. <laughs> so it's him and Dulé Hill of psych fame. Dulé fucking Hill's in this. They waste him because he's just <laughs> yeah. there to be a
2: token. <laughs> Again, watch. I, I I was a little surprised that my entire commentary of this movie isn't watch not another teen movie because it's amazing and they totally do everything that this one Oh does. yeah,
0: he is the token black I'm guy. I'm just the
2: black guy here to say things like
0: that's whack. <laughs> Damn. Yep. <laughs> Shit. And that's whack. That is exactly what Dulé Hill is here in this movie to do, and it is a criminal waste yeah. of Dulé Hill.
1: Oh, he has a few moments of, oh, well, don't look at me. <laughs> the only other note I had for this scene is that someone says, biatch, and uh, I I just can't believe we used to say biatch. I still say that. What are you talking about, biatch? <laughs> Only if you spot a bee and you sneeze. Hell no, that's how I call
2: people out for midnight rides. Racist. <laughs> damn it. Man. Fucked it up. Fucked it up.
1: With a midnight, midnight race. race.
2: By the way, god damn it, the past three days at work, I just keep shouting that randomly. You had to put it into our chat. Amazing. I'm just sitting there doing up some invoices <laughs> with a midnight race. <laughs> <laughs> so happy.
0: So everybody's back from spring break they're kind of swapping stories about what they did and paul walker is bragging about banging a stewardess on the flight yep. over to cancun which definitely happened guys it oh, definitely yeah. happened
1: yeah it totally definitely happened and he's gonna casually sexually harass um, everyone Everyone in this mm-hmm. movie I think his
2: character Is actually a virgin And the biggest evidence Will come at the end Of the movie Yeah Absolutely I,
1: I, I actually agree
0: And Freddie Prince Jr He's talking to, to his buds And about he's got had this super deep epiphany that they're going to graduate in about eight weeks. And then it's going to be like the future.
2: It's like, Wow, man. Someone got high for the first time. Yeah.
1: These stages <laughs> in life happen every year. This is no <laughs> different to any other year.
0: Yeah. But when you're a protagonist, it really means something. <laughs> so some of the girls that the, I guess some of the popular girls show up and Paul Walker says, look at you being all fine and shit. And Dule Hill turns to him, and I swear yes. this was not this this was not a written line. This is just no Dule Hill. This was a written line. He just says, "On behalf of all Black people, shut up." Shut up. <laughs> I think Dule Hill just said that. Absolutely. And we have Gabriel Union in this movie, and Lil Kim. Lil fucking Lil Kim. Kim. <laughs> yeah, that took me back. Jesus. And she is Lil. Holy fuck. Oh yeah. It's part of the name. Yeah. Then we get the Harvey Weinstein credit because
1: this yeah. is '90s Miramax. and what made it worse is it's right around the time that Paul Walker starts sexually harassing <laughs> teenagers. It it's yeah. no, normally I see
2: the names pop up and it's like, look. Any movie from like X amount of years, you're just going to have to deal with the fact that they were some of the biggest names, you know? But yeah, 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 Jules hit it. It did actually make it kind of sting a bit of what the conversation just was as their name
0: showed up. Yeah, it was really unfortunate timing. So then we meet Taylor, who's Freddie Prince Jr.'s bitchy girlfriend. Is this the only character that's going to get recalled by character yes, name? Yes, she is. I don't know her from shit. I don't shit. know her from okay. shit. She's just Taylor. I'm sorry. I think her last name is O'Keefe. I'm sorry, Miss O'Keefe, but you're Taylor for the purposes of this podcast. And so she's like the queen bee, vapid, popular girl. And she will not give Freddie Prince Jr. a kiss. She oh, says, ew. Oh my gosh, I've got total diet Coke mouth. Does anybody have any gum?
2: And her entourage is there, like immediately with sticks of yep. gum and shit Just for to her. give
0: to her. And I said and I made a note here, lines like this are why the men writing women subreddit exists. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but again, I think this movie's a little self-aware, but she pulls this off. She does. I, I can't remember the actress's name, but man, she is so hateable in this movie. She yeah, claims that, that she true. is
0: nothing like this. <laughs> <laughs> that she does not identify I with believe the character, that,
2: and I hope so. But man, did she do it well? She did it. Yeah, you know, no, I she mean, did
0: this very. I hate her guts throughout the movie, and I, that is probably on purpose. And so she breaks up with Freddie Prince Jr. right there in front of Paul Walker and Dule Hill, just like you know. Oh, you didn't think that we were gonna still be dating? We went off to college. Oh, you did. That's so cute. Pin in that turn praising.
2: Yes, pin that.
0: Uh so the Taylor and Freddie Prince Jr. They have a chat. Uh, Uh, off to the side about what the hell happened she tells the story of how she met matthew lillard
2: yes so she's down at spring break she bumps into this guy on accident who's like hey you're pretty hot and gives him invites to a party and it's a video shoot she starts talking about how, like, the director wanted her to have a solo dance and, like, she almost falls in the pool. And that's where she meets, again,
0: Matthew Lillard. Yeah. So he's playing someone who was on oh, The God, Real I World. This. this is how 90s this scene was. He was on The Real World. And the thing that they were filming, this is MTV Spring Break. Yes. Guys, you remember when MTV was a thing <laughs> and The Real World was a thing? You remember when The Real World was the only reality show? Oh. God, how young and naive and innocent we were. This is
1: exactly why reality TV (laughs) became powerful, and I hate it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay,
2: but again, Matthew Lillard. We already had Hackers. We had SLC Punk. Uh, Scream had actually already happened. All of these movies are very self-aware
1: and know what they're doing this one's no different. Oh yeah, Matthew Liddard almost redeemed the movie. Yeah, he was I- I incredible. He's...
2: There's even part of this scene that I really, I really thought was a nice touch because she's telling the story, and then all of a sudden they're both there arguing, like while she's in the background dancing.
0: Yeah, I really <laughs> like that too. Yeah, they're both in the it's scene watching the flashback unfold while yeah. they're there. So, like, I can't believe that technique hasn't been ripped off as much. You see it here and there, but yeah, not nearly as much as you would think. So, yeah, she, like, fell in love with this Matthew Lillard guy who's, like, several years older. He's got to be in his mid to late 20s.
2: But Freddie Prince Jr. has the best reaction because she's like, yeah, from the real world. And he goes, the dyslexic volleyball guy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and she gets a tattoo with him. That's how she ends this little tryst she has while cheating on freddie prince jr but matthew
2: Miller got a tattoo as well it's a shitty cartoon version of him and it says me
0: underneath. on his arm and she gets a little heart whatever on her back but she says that you know hey we can still go to prom like we always say we go to prom together so like i'll still go with you as if that's a legitimate consolation prize
2: well yeah because we're guaranteed to be prom king and queen so it's expected we should go together yeah even if we're not together.
0: So fucking hateable. <laughs> She's so hateable. I mean, all these
1: characters are a bicycle and an investment in cryptocurrency away from being the devil.
0: <laughs> I, I know exactly what you do I Yeah, I get that reference. So Taylor leaves... And it turns out, like everybody, there's all these other people sitting at yes! tables around them that have been listening to the entire conversation. Yes! So they all start talking to pretend like they weren't just listening intently to everything that was going on.
2: Yeah, the ADR of what sh- of the noise that should have been going on around them like fades in as everyone turns back <laughs> to their
0: conversations. It's a beautiful moment, top notch filmmaking. So now we get Rachel Lee Cook in art class and her art teacher i'm guessing is miss cleo that's who i had her down as
1: (laughs) this teacher what the my note here was that uh laney the way she stares you know just just makes me think this girl has definitely pictured herself on a killing spree
0: I yes she she has this weird obsession with violence yeah which she's talking about like how the pain of this riot of Mogadishu the night before inspired you know the painting she had done and it's like okay
2: but then the teacher's like okay cool and all but what's this say about you and then brushes her with it's not a feather what the fuck is she carrying it, it might have she like just
0: brushes her student with this yes yeah fuck it. oh my god that's so it was so weird it's a feather so weird flower it's like it's weird it's very long and exotic looking and she brushes her kind of like tapping like hey i want to see something that represents you and then she just leaves
2: and to show you how awkward and how much of an outcast uh, Rachel Lee Cook is the goths come to Dunk her. yeah these
0: two, two goth looking girls come and basically give a long winded story about how all the best artists were never appreciated in their life- lifetime
1: they recommend suicide yeah yeah and then giggle and walk away this was the point in the movie where those two teenage girls were expelled <laughs> uh, taken to a therapist and put on every FBI watch list ever uh, we
0: all know that's not how high school works <laughs> my final note for this scene is uh, my high school experience boiled Down to its essence.
2: But which side of that conversation were you on?
0: (laughs) I was most definitely on the Rachel Lee Cook side. Okay. (laughs) You're like, I'm the guy who walked around
1: telling people to kill themselves. (laughs) It's a weird way to tell that story. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's right. I, I was I was a suicide evangelist <laughs> <laughs> back in high school. You should kill yourself, and uh, you should kill the line yourself. For this episode, suicide evangelist.
1: But yeah, I mean, uh, as as I said before, it's just reaffirming that all teenagers are just terrible, yeah.
0: absolute fucking sociopaths. So now we have Usher blabbing over the intercom to the entire school that Freddie Prince Junior. got dumped. Yeah, God, I know that's not appropriate, Usher. You've gotta know not cool so basically paul walker is talking to freddie press jr and says that nothing he's done at this school matters because getting dumped means that everybody's gonna think he's a bitch boy yeah doesn't matter about his academics doesn't matter about his popularity doesn't matter that he's like a soccer star you know all that matters is that taylor the most popular girl in school dumped him
2: So he's like no no taylor's a facade You know, you take away the makeup, you take away, you know, and she's just a student with a decent rack, and that's it.
0: A lot of very, I mean, like, look, we all talked like this about women in high school around this time. We all did it. We all did it. Mm -hmm. But hearing it being said now is just like... Oh, don't worry. It gets even worse. It gets worse.
2: Give it like another minute of film time. <laughs> it gets even worse.
0: So, we also like while he's discussing how all this, Matthew Lillard shows up. At
2: is... first, I thought he had a walkie talkie, and I went, oh shit, no, that's a cell phone clip to his shorts. <laughs>
0: Yep. Back when it was socially acceptable to have a cell phone on your belt. But he's immediately (laughs) surrounded by a gaggle of like fourteen year old girls, and he signs some autographs and he accepts a kiss on the cheek from one of them, which did not feel comfortable. Gotta keep the
2: fans happy.
0: At which point he's
1: yeah. I mean, how old is Matthew Leidard supposed to be? In In his twenties for sure.
0: Like this like there's some very statutory stuff Okay, so this
1: this was the point where he got arrested. Okay. Hey, she kissed me, right? He had to bend
0: down mm-hmm. to get it. Like, he was an active participant in this. Yeah, but as soon as he
2: sees Taylor, he's like, all right, fuck off. He just, <laughs> he just shoves him aside, does some really gross kissing with Taylor, and locks eyes with Freddie Prince Jr. and gives him that, like, what's
0: up nod. He's like, yeah, man, I'm getting so. Oh. Uh- So Freddie Prince Jr. then basically brags to Paul Walker that he could turn any girl into the prom queen because dating him would be such a massive boost to their reputation. Paul Walker's like, are you serious? Like, serious as a heart attack.
1: It it was around this point where I wondered why there are so many attractive people at this high school when teenagers are ugly creatures and monsters. Some aren't. Because these aren't teenagers. (laughs) These are people in their 20s. Every single one of them are in their. Yeah, early they've 20s. already left
2: adolescence. Their skin is clear. There's up. no They're, acne.
1: Yeah, exactly. There's, there are no weight problems. There's no weird, strange breaking voices. These are twenty yes. year olds yes. who've all been laid back like five years. <laughs> but
0: I mean, when you're seventeen, a lot of that stuff is put into into the background. Like you've you've gotten you've kind of filled into yourself a little bit more when you're around. Uh,
1: they're still ugly.
2: Fair enough. I just want to say I'm very happy to hear that Jules is not attracted to teenagers.
0: Me
1: too. Oh, God. <laughs> Me too. I was worried there I, for I a second. I think teenagers are the worst <laughs> <laughs> in every way, shape, or form. So Paul Walker calls
0: him out and makes a bet with him. like, I get to pick the girl, and you have six weeks to turn her into the prom queen. Freddie Prince Jr. agrees to this, and it, Dulé Hill is there, and again, Complete waste of Dulé Hill. Because he's like, he's trying to act like a peacekeeper in this scene. Like these two are about to like start throwing hands.
1: You know, I almost feel like his character was combined with Paul Walker's and they wanted to add some diversity. (laughs) So they split up some of his lines. Oh, absolutely. To
0: a new character. Absolutely. There's no reason for Dulé Hill's character to exist other than they need to have a third character. Does
2: Dulé Hill appear without Paul Walker at any point? I think like he's his familiar. (laughs) Or his imaginary friend. He just follows him
0: around (laughs) everywhere. I think there are like a few moments, but yeah, most of the time he's with Paul Walker or in the vicinity of Paul Walker
2: in the vicinity. Yeah. Okay.
0: And so the bet is on, and Paul Walker says, let's go shopping. And here's the thing. The maddening thing about this movie is that this level of popular kids fucking with less popular kids for sport is just so accurate. Like, this seems tame compared to, like, some of the shit that, like, would happen in my high school. Like, popular kids just fucking with... Really? They just ignored us at mine.
2: I mean, we had popular kids fucking with, you know, the the unpopular kids or the nerds or whatever, but it was more of just a hazing sort of way. They did not have grand schemes. Of course, my high school was in a farm town, so... (laughs) Yeah,
0: you might have had a slightly different experience.
2: We weren't known for long-term planning. (laughs) I'm still not.
0: And so they go around, they're, like, (laughs) you know, talking about, you know, what about her, what about her... You know, and then Rachel E. Cook, you know, laden with art supplies and books and everything. Trips up the stairs.
1: This is the worst trip and fall in movie history, multiplied by reality to the power of every movie that will ever be. <laughs> I watched it so many times. It was They had to have written on the steps, (laughs) Tripping, It's so (laughs) forced. It's so forced. You catch all the lovely details. She trips on nothing. (laughs) She trips on Nothing? nothing. For all her loogie ability, she did not know how to trip and fall. There's just nothing about it made sense. It's because she's walking along and someone off camera went and fall. Exactly. <laughs> it's this horrible thing that writers and producers start to know is that the, the klutzy character is always likable. Well, only if they know how to fall, That's what I say. Fall better, Julian's <laughs> I'm not buying the lack of coordination. <laughs> But she was carrying so much stuff, guys. <laughs> and her books just fell in the most perfectly lovely way. Yeah, the set it deck
0: was... definitely didn't just gently
1: put the books down in nice, And neat she's so array. exasperated. It's a minor inconvenience. It's like, oh my God, I got some, my, those two art students tried to tell me to commit suicide and now I fell. What a day.
0: And Paul Walker's like that one, basically, yep, we got
2: the winner, win boys. boys,
0: and Freddie Pince jr's like, "No, no, 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 no. look, like, look fat I can handle, weird boobs I can handle, but for some reason, bad
2: personality, potential fungus, and then I just put obligatory Jules
1: commenting about his love
0: life,
1: kind of stepped on my no I'm, I'm just gonna beat you to it this
2: time,
1: <laughs> ass minor was actually a little too close. <laughs>
0: So so far the movie has done nothing to make me like Freddie Prince Jr. He is just an asshole hanging out with assholes doing asshole things.
1: Yeah. In fact, none of these characters. They're just all terrible. But they're also caricatures. Yeah, but that's the problem with caricatures—they are one-dimensional, mm-hmm. and just a bunch of one-dimensional characters eventually just get irritating.
2: Yeah, but he totally gets like two-thirds of another dimension by the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Matheson slaps one third
0: of one onto him
1: <laughs> somehow
0: <laughs> later on. Spoilers, Tim Matheson's in this. <laughs> right, we'll, we'll get to Tim Matheson. We will get there. So, bet is on. Better get going, Freddie Prince Jr. So he tries talking to Rachel E. Cook, and Kieran Culkin happens to be nearby. Uh, he calls him Spaz, but Kieran Culkin doesn't care because Freddie Prince Jr. remembered his name.
1: You know how I said he was irredeemable? This this just you you know, buried irredeemable and and decided to put a tombstone up and encase it in concrete.
2: Yeah, it's like the girl who orgasmed because he said hi to her and called her by the wrong name. Kieran basically had that same thing Is happen.
0: Is Kieran Culkin gay for Freddie Prince Jr.? That's the question of our times.
1: His opinion changes randomly for no reason about him. It's, uh, it's kind of his reoccurring trait
0: but rachel lee cook doesn't have time for freddie prince jr's bullshit and grabs her brother
1: and leaves which is like the most rational response to all of this and paul walker delivers the most epic laugh at this point
0: oh yeah <laughs> oh, i must have forgotten
1: because <laughs> freddie prince Jr.'s trying to talk to her he's like hey would you like to just
2: embarrass me in front of everyone as she walks away and paul walker loses his shit (laughs) in the background
0: his best friend by the way allegedly yes yes he is enjoying this way too much so now we're watching matthew lillard be a jackass on the real world and again because this movie brought out so much late 90s early 2000s nostalgia for me remember eyebrow rings Remember that being a thing around this time? <laughs> One lady's got a bunch of them. And yeah, like Matthew Lillard farts and pisses off his housemates in the real world and haha, funny stuff. But it turns out Freddie Prinze Jr. is watching this on the kitchen TV with his sister, Anna fucking Paquin, of all people. Academy Award winner,
2: Anna Paquin.
0: Unbelievable. This movie. Yes, this movie has an Oscar winner. This movie in it. <laughs> has an Oscar winner in it. And talking about, you know, to him, whether or not he's going to try and find himself a rebound skank, he kind of talks about, you know, it alludes that he's got this girl that he's kind of like looking at Rachel, you know.
2: Oh, but in the irredeemable category, Anna Paquin's like, oh, you're going to get some rebound skank. You know, oh, you've already got someone. And his response is, I wouldn't say someone. Oh,
0: Oh, fuck.
2: Because he's got his project. She's not she's really, not a you know. Human. She doesn't really count as a person. Yeah, she's
0: not one of us. She... So then Anna Paquin suggests stalking. Yeah, like figure out what she likes and then pretend to be into the same shit, you know? Go to the places she goes. Like the things that she likes. <laughs> Stand ominously in the bushes nearby, like. <laughs> Jesus. And so she asked Freddie Prince Jr. to lie to their father. Because she's going to go hang out with a friend, and her her friend's brother apparently just got kicked out of military school. And by the way, during this whole thing, like Anna Paquin's putting on makeup the entire time.
2: Yeah, and we never know what her whole deal is, but she's like,
0: shit, mom and dad are home. I feel like she's supposed to be at boarding school, and she just bunks out to go home. Maybe that's... (laughs) That seems plausible. Yeah,
2: it was this sort of thing like she wasn't supposed to be there, but if they ask, tell them where I am, I have no idea what the fuck's happening with her in this movie. No, She's there to do makeup.
0: She's there to do makeup, and we need to establish early that she knows how to do makeup. By doing make by doing makeup, then we meet <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr.'s dad, who is Tim Matheson. Fuck yeah! See, he's also he basically plays the same character as he does in um, Van Wilder. Mm-hmm. So my secret fan theory is that Tim Matheson actually has two separate families. One of them, <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. is his son of the other one. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds
2: is his kid. That's some damn good genetics, he's got. He's, <laughs> but yeah,
1: I mean, when when you watch this movie, you have to prepare for some serious oh yeah mm-hmm. it's just gonna happen every five seconds in that opening. so ticket.
2: tim matheson is asking him if he's heard back from any colleges yet like hey isn't this kind of late you know in the
0: year yeah and freddie is like oh no it's you know probably something's going on just like let, let, let's wait a week and like, we'll, we'll see what happens because his dad's saying like i'm gonna call so and so at the alumni office at dartmouth because mm-hmm. they're they're a dartmouth family
2: i thought dartmouth was a great touch by the way very inside deep dive kind of thing because tim matheson really kicked off his career with animal house playing a college student which was written by guys reminiscing about their times at dartmouth and at the end of animal house it's about how his character moved to la to be a doctor which he is in this movie
0: that is some tim matheson (laughs) deep cuts that i was not in any way aware of meth
1: good lord how the hell you find this stuff, John? Six degrees of <laughs> Tim Mathis. No,
2: it's because I've watched Animal House too many times and have the like thirty-fifth whatever anniversary Blu-ray.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. And so, we, like Freddie Prince Jr. goes to his room, and it turns out he's been. Hiding all the acceptance letters. Yeah. To all these. He's gotten into yeah. Harvard. He's gotten into Yale. He's got like everywhere. Colgate and Dartmouth. He's the worst. And he's, Dartmouth.
1: He's got everything handed to him. He's. Filled with success. It's so annoying. He is so hateable. This comes up later though.
0: (laughs) So my question is like if he like, you know, part of his character is like his dad really wants him to go to Dartmouth and all this stuff, and he's got acceptance letters from all these Ivy League schools. Why is there a UCLA and USC badge by his desk? Like there's a did
2: volunteer work at some point. I don't know. Who
0: the fuck knows? (laughs) But yeah, the two the two big local colleges. He's got those. He doesn't have like a Dartmouth thing on the wall. He's got a USC and a UCLA little badges on the wall. So cut to the worst adr scene in cinematic (laughs) history. (laughs) God damn. So Taylor is shopping with Gabrielle Union and I forget the other girl's name, but one of the mean girls, I guess. Yeah, mean girls. They're the mean girls. Except Gabrielle Union's kind of like got a bit of a heart and they're telling taylor that she might want to tone down the bitchiness in general just so she doesn't alienate people from voting for her from for prom queen <laughs> yeah and taylor does not
2: understand how being prom queen works or no, she does not because she thinks she's a legacy which is something when you're joining a fraternity or sorority it's like oh so-and-so's cousin or sibling or whatever was part so you're kind of almost automatically guaranteed to get in right she thinks because her mom and her aunt and you know and so-and-so almost was but got sick or something i don't fucking know
0: <laughs> and they're walking down the street at this point when they're talking and a adr is a atrocious i think you mean amazing (laughs) not insane the performances don't match the voices there's no like ambient sound really it's (laughs) so bad they had no adr budget
1: disembodied voices there's part of me that really wants to find a fan theory that Lainey did commit suicide, and this is all part of a fever dream.
2: We have already established Uh, that when Taylor has important conversations, the world stops to listen. (laughs) That's why there's no ambient sound.
0: (laughs) So, now we cut to Rachel E. Cook's place of work. It is a falafel restaurant, where she has to wear a ridiculous falafel hat, which apparently they just found at Goodwill and thought it would be a good touch to add to the film yeah falafel heroes, that sort of thing this fucking hat i kind of want it i do too but just to keep it on a shelf
1: yeah or wear it she gets to work at a falafel stand and talk about balls. yeah with
0: discount dent castellanetta that's how i describe <laughs> the guy who, he's <laughs> one of those
1: guys who's popped up all over the
2: place you know he's just yeah that he's, been in a lot of stuff. he's that skinny old guy
0: and he's like trying to figure out what he wants to order and he wants to know how big it is if you supersize the falafel balls and
2: he, he would like a sample ball to examine before making his
1: yeah. decision yes Uh, the line i had to write it down because it was very special perhaps i could see a sample bowl to better equip myself for such a decision
0: (laughs) holy fuck this guy takes falafel seriously yeah jesus
1: you thought freddie prince jr had problems
2: like making a decision on college
0: yep (laughs) this is
2: oh it's foreshadowed this is his future if he doesn't learn to get his act together
0: So Freddie Prince Jr. has stalked Rachel Lee Cook to her place of work. He just shows up unannounced, uninvited. And she says to him, quite rightly, stalking is illegal in all 50 states. Yeah, go Rachel Lee Cook. Yeah, but apparently, you know, Freddie Prince Jr. doesn't give a shit. Discount Dan Castellaneta is trying to order and Freddie Prince Jr. can't just fucking wait. He just talks to her while she's trying to work. And eventually she takes him aside. And as we pan over, turns out Eldon Henson is just eating there. Just there. Just eating. Just there. Rachel E. Cook immediately assumes that Freddie Prince Jr. wants her to tutor him in the last six weeks of school, apparently.
2: (laughs) Yeah, the timing of it was weird, but the reaction was good. This is um, and is going to come up in this movie. It's not simply a matter of oh, take the glasses off, and suddenly she's perfect. Uh, she's got a few issues, self esteem problems, you know, and just oh, oh, I'm a dork, so I'm smart, and I have two of you now, huh? And, like, she's automatically wary of him. Which, well done. Mm-hmm. You should be. You just went to the wrong conclusion,
1: right? But just to reestablish how you know unlikable the male character is, he's also yeah. smart. <laughs> hey,
0: yeah, he's he says, "Hey, look, I've got the fourth highest GPA in the class. That's not why I'm here."
2: And she's like, "The fuck!" And she turns over,
0: and Elden Hansen's like, "Yeah, he does actually." <laughs> yeah, judge's ruling, not a dummy. <laughs> So, Freddie, like, why are you here? And he lies about being interested in art. And yeah. he's like, I've never seen you in class, so what the fuck's up with that? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing one of those. And she like helps him with his lie. Oh, independent studies. Like, yeah, yeah, one of those.
2: Yeah, whose high school had independent study? College, university, that does. But whose primary mandatory level of education had independent study courses? Who
0: the fuck knows? I, I never went to American high school, so that's i know that we didn't have independent studies in in south africa in the early 2000s that's for damn sure so rachel lee cook's kind of like not into having freddie prince jr around she's seems like she's trying to angle to get rid of him and so eldon henson comes up and gives him his ticket to a art performance that they're going to well and she's also a part of that she's yeah that she's also part of me so it's the ticket that he would have been yeah and Rachel is like the fuck bro like kind of gives him that look (laughs) yes she does Eldon Henson takes her aside and says hey look the hottest guy in fucking school is stalking you you know you might as well give it a shot which is just the worst advice
1: the worst advice
0: like if somebody's stalking you you don't enable that behavior but this is the late 90s so you do otherwise we don't have a movie and so very exasperated rachel lee cook is like okay starts at 7 30 meet me there at 7 parking's an issue just like don't be late
2: hey should we go and get some dinner maybe before
0: i was expecting you to cut me off because she's like no shut the fuck up So he leaves, and so she goes back to finish helping discount Dan Castellanetta complete his or- falafel order. And he comes, I see, he has decided whether or not he wants to supersize.
2: And yes, miss, you can supersize my
0: balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it felt so cheap and bullshit, but you know what? It kind of works for me. I
2: loved it. Kind of worked out. Yeah. This old man is just so innocent looking. Like he doesn't realize what he's actually saying.
0: <laughs> yeah. You just referred to your nards, my dude. In Gorgio. <laughs> <laughs> and now we cut to the art show. Oh, fucking boy. Here we go. Uh, it is So, you know, Freddie Prinze Jr. is sitting there looking very out of place. Let's be honest, guys, we've all gone to this art show. We've all gone to this art show to try and have sex with the artsy girl, and it never, ever worked out. We've all done this.
1: It's also kind of the dream arts show in its certain way. I mean, they got two midgets and leotard and swim caps. It's incredible. You know, my my note here is, how did the writers of this movie have access to my dream (laughs) journal?
0: Yeah, like like the main performer is... It's Mitch.
2: He's so amazing.
0: He's like discount <laughs> Mick Jagger spliced with Freddie Mercury and Tidy Whitey's. It's a crazy combination yes, of a Yes.
2: But who is it? I don't
0: know. Alexis actually. Arquette is Mitch of the Arquette family. Yes. Has he been in anything that I should know about? Yes.
2: Recurring role on Friends, a little bit of Xena action. Uh, wedding singer as George, the boy George uh, member of Adam Sandler's band.
0: Okay. I, I, I apparently should know him. Well, her. Um, bride of Chucky. Bride of
2: Chucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all over the place.
0: Yeah, so this art it's got, you know, random projections of random things all over the stage. It's got, as Julian said, two little people wearing purple leotards there's a flaming trash can and then at some point rachel lee cook comes out dressed in white with white face paint with like a giant white satin cloth and they all huddle together and they go be still be silent or be silent be still whatever order that was said gets applause holy fuck i i hate this kind of art so this was a very painful scene for me to watch
1: yeah it's awful
0: yeah freddy prince jr and i had similar reactions to this bullshit
1: again you know even laney isn't very likable really you know for this reason and all of her bloody causes no you're cool with the constant
2: preaching but because she does a little bit of performance art that's the
1: no no this is just confirmed i mean i honestly from the very start she seemed pretentious and annoying And uh, this art show just confirmed how pretentious and annoying she is. Okay, so, Alexis Arquette. Alexis Arquette. (laughs) Apparently I have to give him a name now.
0: Um, yeah? So, he's like, hey everybody, we got a new person, a first time. Like, I don't think this is how art shows work. Because everyone paid their ticket to see you do your bullshit. And your bullshit's over, so everyone gets to go home now and have dinner. But he's like, no, no, we got somebody who's new here today who's like very into art and calls Freddie Prince Jr. up to do his own personal. And you mentioned
2: how awkwardly he was sitting there, because yeah, he is noticeably not part of that crowd. Is he wearing one shirt or
0: two? Pass. Just gonna hard (laughs) pass on
2: that. He's got this, it's probably supposed to be like a cashmere V-neck shirt on that I think was supposed to be
0: um, a sweater vest, because then he has the polo shirt collar coming up out of the inside of it. So here's the thing. I know for a fact this was a low-budget movie, and from the little research I did a big place where they cut corners was wardrobe, and a lot of this shit came from Goodwill.
2: Yeah, but uh, just this combination makes him look like the preppiest motherfucker you could imagine, except for the fact that he doesn't have, like, a sweater um, draped over his shoulders.
0: (laughs) That was a missing piece of the whole outfit so he gets up and he's got a bullshit and Rachel Cook told Mitch Arquette what's his name that you know he was here and she's basically orchestrated this this is kind of like his test to see whether or not he's actually completely full of shit and he plays with a hacky sack for five minutes I thought it was
2: more of a revenge thing because she's been the outcast for so long she wants to fuck with him and make
1: him you know See what
2: it's like to be.
1: Could be a bit of both. Yeah. And him liking soccer does not detract from the fact that he's yeah. such an asshole. It's too late. You can't redeem yourself to, to soccer Yeah, as an Englishman. He can't yeah, raise a hacky sack with him.
0: He, yeah. If you have a hacky sack <laughs> in your pocket right now, when you you're, are... especially when you're going out on a date. And you bring your hacky sack along? Yeah, you are literally Satan. So <laughs> he does a hacky sack before he's like, "No, can't drop it, can't drop it, can't drop it." Like, and he somehow manages to enthrall this crowd, and eventually he gets to the end. He's like, "But at some point, you have to let it drop. It always drops. It always drops." But yeah, the tech crew at this performance art place starts
2: improving, like lighting and music for him. There's a drum beat yeah. going. <laughs> like,
0: like a green f- light <laughs> that goes over him in the stage. It's, yeah, they they make it work for him. The whole world revolves around him. He's the protagonist, and God, how awesome it must be to be a power. protagonist. And this impresses her. This bullshit impromptu hacky sack performance.
2: Yeah, again, I think she expecting to get up there, get nervous, and... And shrink away. But then yep. he goes and ruins it,
0: so it's all cool. Yeah. Cut to Hollywood Boulevard. They are now walking out. The theater is apparently adjacent to Hollywood Boulevard, except it's not, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. So I did some research. I don't know why this was the thing I looked into. I looked at the address on the front of the theater before we have this whole bullshit art performance scene. I put it into Google Maps, and the address that comes up is in Hollywood, but it is not on Hollywood Boulevard. Boulevard. it's like a street that's off fountain this address it does not go out onto hollywood boulevard bullshit okay so no <laughs> the theater it's got you very upset nick <laughs> i like geographical consistency god damn it but in the world of this movie they go out onto hollywood boulevard he asks her how much did i suck pointless band because he ultimately doesn't he doesn't come across like he actually cares whether he
1: sucked or not mm-hmm. i forget what her answer was initially she didn't he didn't suck and then she says yes you did suck
2: yeah she was being nice and then they kind of joke about no that actually was really shit ha 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 he's starting to break through to her and then the glasses moment happens oh Oh, my god i love this so much it's terrible so I love he asks
0: her why it's she so wears awful. glasses and you know why doesn't she wear contacts like yeah i've got them but the whole like stick in your eye thing yeah people have that as an issue <laughs> and then all of a sudden she just sees right through him yeah because he uses this as like a bullshit pretext to like compliment on how beautiful her eyes are yes and it immediately sets off her bullshit detector <laughs> She's like, oh, you're fucking with me. Um, This is ridiculous. What?
2: What? What do you mean? What do you mean? She's like, no, no, I had a suspicion. Turns out I was right. Bye. I'm leaving with Mitch.
0: Yeah, she's going (laughs) to leave with. The
2: Arquette. Alexis guy. Arquette,
0: yeah. Alexis Arquette. She's like, of course, you know, the popular guy going after the nerdy girl, Blah. I should have seen it coming. You know, there's an entire movement in the 20s. It's called Surreal. No, Rachel E. Cook. It's called Surrealism. That was the movement. <laughs> you're the meant to be the art student in this movie. I get that you're talking about how this whole situation is surreal, but if you're going to be quoting art movements, get the name right. Artistic terminology and geographical consistency. <laughs> the weird shit Nick obsesses over. Hey, there wasn't any military stuff this movie, so, you know. Also, I call bullshit on the scene because nobody on Hollywood Boulevard is trying to sell them drugs or give them their bullshit draft demo <laughs> CD. <laughs> Wow. none of that and so the scene is bullshit and unrealistic
1: they pulled a gi joe
0: <laughs> <laughs> they did and this is over by the pantages like this is like this where this scene takes place that's the that's bullshit happens i'd say that's, that's on hollywood the prime,
2: that's the prime real estate for these sort of things
0: oh yeah my
2: favorite thing is that when you get handed the uh the cd just go oh thanks and keep walking <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because I going to try and get you to give you some. They, get them some they money. try.
2: They gotta get your donation
0: out of you. You can't just have that
2: for free. You handed it to me,
0: motherfucker. So random story. Uh, took a friend of mine a couple of years ago from out of town to Venice Beach. Oh. And that is another prime real estate for bullshit rap CDs. And he bought it. He bought it, and we listened to it. Other. It was awful. The rapid. It- <laughs> don't buy the CDs for anyone who comes to Los Angeles and somebody tries to get you to buy their rap CD on the side of the road, whether it's in Hollywood or Venice beach, don't do it. The rap is shit. little uh, bit of advice for you. So now we're with Taylor and Matthew Lillard. They're at Matthew Lillard's place and she's trying to get frisky with him on his mattress on the floor, not even a real bed, but he's way too enraptured watching reruns of himself on the real world. <laughs> And he has a big screen rear projector television. You guys remember big screen Uh... rear projector televisions? (laughs) Kids don't know what the fuck we're talking about. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and it's fine
0: tvs got better
1: they got way better you didn't they got miss out way on better you
2: couldn't sit slightly to the side of the tvs
0: you couldn't see shit. <laughs> oh no, you could not you couldn't see shit
1: he also doesn't know how saliva works yeah
0: because she's like licking his chest and he freaks out because he's got a audition for aaron spelling's latest drama so she's licking his chest and he's like no gross you know i don't want to smell like your spit
1: shower maybe and spit doesn't smell? <laughs>
0: yeah, if your spit smells after you've licked someone, you need to see all the doctors. All of them.
2: <laughs> what did I tell you
0: about your spit? It burns through things. Stop licking me. <laughs> yeah, like I, like I enjoy dating a xenomorph, but you gotta have boundaries, you know? <laughs> So Taylor doesn't care for this and she storms out and Matthew Lillard doesn't notice because he's too busy watching himself. Do you
1: think this was another drifting into TV is bad for you? No. Message? No. You know, let's stop having sex. I want to watch TV. No, watch because TV. it's he's
2: he's just too much of a douchebag and is self-absorbed. And it's shut up, stop doing that. I'm on TV.
1: Ah, but if that was the case, wouldn't he get more aroused at seeing himself on TV? I'd want to have sex.
2: No, because she's distracting himself from him
1: uh okay. yeah well you could still look while it was going on
2: could but he see you don't understand because you're not a douchebag
1: <laughs> it's foreign language yeah. you gotta
0: get into the mindset of being completely self-absorbed i mean we live in la that's not a hard mindset to get into just mm. casually look at any random person oh <laughs> uh, so freddie prince jr is continuing his stalking spree because now he's at her house Yep. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah. He's talking to Kevin Pollack about, Pool stuff. He's they're yep. by his truck, taking a very big interest in pool stuff. Kieran Culkin asks him if he wants to play Sega, Sega, Sega. Sega. So Rachel E. Cook comes out and again rightly calls out appropriately appropriately calls out Freddie. <laughs> what Fritz the hell are you doing here? like what the fuck. <laughs> and so he invites her to go with him to the beach, but of course she doesn't want to go mm-hmm. because you're a
1: creepy motherfucker. So uh, he holds her brother hostage.
0: Right. He's like,
2: well, if you don't want to go to the beach, I'm going to play some Sega with Simon here. Yeah. And so <laughs> she's like, no, I'm not leaving you with my brother. Exactly. But her response is like, no, you can't do that. And he's like, what? He invited me.
0: Yeah. So her family is enabling the stalking.
2: You don't want to go do the thing that I was about to go do that I invited you. So instead, I'm going to stay at your house and play video yes. games.
0: <laughs> Yeah. The protagonist of this movie uh, that we are supposed to identify with. This has yeah. me
2: laughing my ass off. The logic in so
0: this. Is. This is like one of the many scenes where Rachel E. Cook is trying not to smile while mm-hmm. acting with Freddie Prince Jr. There's just something about their one-on-one scenes together. A lot of them. She's clearly like having a great time making this movie and is struggling to suppress that fact.
2: I have a feeling Kevin Pollak's making faces at him off camera. Probably <laughs> just dance around with the stupid props of like all the shit he cleaned <laughs> out of people's pool filters.
0: <laughs> yeah, so she agrees to go to the beach. So they're walking along the beach. Rachel Lee Cook is being a total buzzkill about all the chemicals being pumped into the ocean. -hmm. Totally ruining her stalker's good time.
2: God, I knew some people like this.
0: (laughs) Pretty much, Judy tells her that, you know, she really should just smile every now and then. Like, it wouldn't kill her to smile every now and then, which is something that women love hearing. They love it when guys tell them that they should smile.
2: He is just one stage of bluntness away from saying, Why are you always such
1: a bitch? I know. Pretty much, yeah.
2: Well, I saw the ocean. It reminded me of this thing I saw on
1: CNN about the chemicals. and And, like, she is one step away from you know pita well she's i mean honestly it just seems like she's suffering from incredible depression after her mother died as we'll find out oh yeah like i said she's got issues and this movie is you know projecting the absolute myth that you can get out of it just by not wearing glasses and smiling now and again i
2: disagree okay. i disagree because even when that happens she's still her even when she's wearing contacts down in her painting she still has her issues she still has you know her problems her self-esteem and it's not a quick fix and it's not portrayed as such Yeah most of these movies do do that this is not one of them and I like it all the better for it but there is the important thing of like you can't just hide yourself away all the time either you know that's that's not good either
0: that's true. So anyway. But before we dive into that aspect of Rachel Lee Cook's character, we get stalkerception because Paul Walker <laughs> and the gang have shown up to crash their <laughs> beach party. He apparently, when he found out that Freddie Prince Jr. had taken Rachel Lee Cook to the beach, he just knew he took her to the same spot. He took all the other girls. And so he decided to bring a party with him.
2: Yeah, he's doing his damnedest to make this bet not happen. He's not doing his damnedest yet, but he's like, yeah. I figured you'd be at your spot hey chick he's with now lots of chicks have done
0: it with him here yep jesus all walker ladies and gentlemen so they brought and they brought everybody they brought Dulé Hill they brought Gabriel Union and uh, other mean girl Taylor not so much they're <laughs> all kind of settled in. they put down their beach towels and umbrellas and whatnot and Rachel Lee Cook gets down to her one piece swimsuit and Paul Walker says to Freddie Prince Jr. from here she almost looks normal and I'm sorry in what fucking reality does Rachel Lee Cook not look normal like <laughs> seriously, <laughs> seriously. Um,
2: all of them because she's better than normal. (laughs) <laughs> Apparently, yeah. But yeah, she strips out of her overalls or whatever baggy ass thing she was wearing and into the swimsuit. And Paul Walker's like, Holy shit, she's got a he has got a body on her. Damn. I didn't see it through all the
0: paint earlier. So Dulé Hill is trying to get a beach volleyball game going. Well, he first like asked the girls and he asked uh Rachel E. Cook, Laney, whether or not she wants to play. And the other girl she's like, No, no, she's not interested. And he's like, Is your lame name Laney? And she's your lame No. <laughs> is your name (laughs) Rainey and discount Gretchen Wiener says no thank God no offense no offense which Rachel Cook says none taken how none taken literally insulting your name and how stating quite literally that it would be a terrible thing to be
1: named the same thing as you I just got excited that we we're going to get another volleyball montage after Top Gun.
2: Yeah, and um, what I love about this is part of why she's speaking up for Lainey is it's like, oh, I've seen you in gym class, you suck. Yeah, no. And then we get to the volleyball, and she really does. <laughs> But she's like, yeah, yeah, I'll play. And because it's kind of a fuck you to... Um, I've already forgot her
1: name. Discount Gretchen bitch. Wiener. Uh,
0: Taylor, Taylor. Taylor's not there. Yeah, she is, she? is she? Yeah. Oh, I totally did not re- remember her being in this scene.
1: Are you sure she is? Oh, no,
0: no, no. She isn't. She isn't. Yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't think she was. Uh, right.
2: the, the, the bitch who... The, the suntanning bitch.
0: Yeah, Discount Gretchen Wiener. Yeah,
2: she, she claimed, like, I'm not going to just do this all day. In 15 minutes, I'm going to turn over. And she's sitting under an umbrella. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. So anyway, because... Rachel Lee Cook basically did a fuck
0: you to her. Then all the other popular goes around are like, yeah,
2: I'll play volleyball now.
0: Yeah, Gabriel Union has no problem with her. Gabriel Union is actually quite friendly to Rachel Lee Cook, despite... I think she's in on the bed. I think she
1: knows what's going on. You think she's secretly Katana with her umbrella? Just... Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, watching no i it. i
2: think she's i think she, yeah that she just stands afar you know for her ten thousand year existence um <laughs> but no no like you were saying like uh um, where the fuck was i where was i going you threw me off with katana um no i think she knows about the bet and she's kind of playing both sides like giving taylor advice of hey watch it you know this prom queen thing's not secure and then well let's see how well uh you know rachel e. cook could fit in maybe this is a possibility you know
0: well anyways you slice it we get an inferior beach volleyball scene compared to top gun
1: yeah, the sports sequences in this are so bad. Is
0: there a
2: superior
0: volleyball scene? <laughs> I mean, no, it really is honest. the apex of beach volleyball
1: scenes in movies. It's just that, yeah, Hollywood writers, you know, I swear all they know is beach volleyball. Speaking of
2: tangent, but did you see the news about, I believe it was the Norwegian beach volleyball team? Ridiculous. Just let them wear the fucking shorts. Like, who gives yeah! a fuck? What, what, what happened? Nick, okay, the, Um. this Norwegian <laughs> beach volleyball team is in trouble because their players are wearing re- you know fairly short but shorts instead of bikini bottoms
0: yeah they're wearing like under what? armor compression shorts versus but
2: like the short ladies version
0: yeah yeah versus bikini bottoms
2: meanwhile there's a paralympic runner who's basically wearing the same thing who caught shit for her shorts being too uh, revealing actually I think hers were a little longer okay so
0: anyway back to back to the movie I just had to bring <laughs> yeah, that one up One of them isn't giving people enough of a boner and the other one's giving people too much of a boner. Like, (laughs) goddamn, just let them wear whatever the fuck they want, Jesus Christ. Anyways, not only does the scene show that Rachel Cook does, in fact, suck at volleyball, it also shows that she's starting to find some acceptance amongst the popular kids. So much so that Dulé Hill, at the end of it, invites her to a party at his house. And there's a joke here about how Duley's Hill's dad owns Harrison Ford. The actor? No, he owns, it's a car dealership. The car dealership. Wah,
2: wah. But could you imagine
0: him owning another human being? And that human being is Harrison Ford? Apparently, the Mean Girls Gabriel Union discount Gretchen Wiener driving off in their own car. <laughs> this is one of my favorite lines of this movie. Gretchen Wiener basically says that if Taylor finds out about Freddie Prince Jr. bringing Rachel Lee Cook to the party, she's going to shit Frisbees.
2: <laughs> Whether they're together or not, if he shows up with her. Yeah. And this is not, like, an aside in the movie. They say it right in front of Rachel e. Cook, and there's even a reaction to it. <laughs> it's
0: ridiculous. Like, this isn't a stage whisper thing. They literally say it to her face. So, question. Was the invitation to the party for that night... It seems like it's supposed right because, to, but it's already getting kind of late in the yeah, day. Yeah, the implication. What I was at. Oh yeah, the party's for that night. Yeah, but it's sundown, and yeah, it's already getting late in the day. And then the next time we see
2: him, it's, it's noon. But we're continuing this storyline of going to the party. Exactly,
0: and basically, she's like, you know, despite having survived her first hangout with the cool kids, she tells Freddie Prince Jr. she's not going to go to the party. She's got to clean her place; it's super dirty, you know. Cut to Kevin Pollock watching Jeopardy and getting all the answers wrong, which I thought was great. <laughs> I love the
2: very first one because it made me just go, "What the fuck!" <laughs> oh. And it was this so and so, I forget the name, like, invented an alternative to wine with this beverage. And he's like, What is grape juice? (laughs) Like,
0: how did you have grape juice after wine was invented? (laughs) Yeah. So that's the level of like terrible he is at Jeopardy. And we also have Kieran Culkin eating peanut butter and jelly out of the jars with his fingers and the jars are labeled with his name because apparently they need to keep have like this is a thing he does that's a good idea. If he if he's gonna keep scooping it like a barrel of the honey I pot, he...
2: let's just give him his own jars, yeah. okay?
0: And again, I think this is just like, hey, he's got some sort of you know personality quirk thing, so you know he gets his own PB and J jars.
2: But all you get from the movie is that he's just kind of a weird kid. People make fun of him. You don't really, yeah, there's
1: never attention brought really. They just really forget to about it. it. Anyway, can we get to the soccer team showing up with feather dusters? <laughs> We're, we're basically we're almost there so eldon henson is
0: on the phone with Rachel correct telling her that she she should go to the party because you know she's afraid of letting anything good happen to her doorbell rings freddie prince jr has showed up with the junior varsity soccer team to clean the house and his sister he brings ada packwood with her to help her get ready for the party yeah
1: because protagonist. Yep.
0: Because protagonist.
2: That's the power that you have when you're Mr. Prez.
0: And I love the fact that Kieran Culkin high-fives him with his hand, and his hand just has jelly on it. <laughs> so while Anna Paquin is making Rachel Lee Cook presentable upstairs, Kieran Culkin offers Freddie Prince Jr. a drink and proceeds to make the most disgusting cocktail. <laughs> At first, he just grabs...
2: It looks like some rum and then maybe like a can of Coke. It's like, okay, rum and Coke.
0: Cool. And we move on, but we keep coming back to this dream. <laughs> yeah. it's he pour, I think he pours like a beer and scotch into an already poured, you know, like the, those plastic champagne glasses where the liquid goes into the flute as well. He's poured that. It's like a mango juice or something. And that's his cocktail. And he gives it to Freddie Prince Jr. Who <laughs> looks at it and goes, you're sure this is a margarita, right? He's like, yeah. <laughs> And at some point during all this with the junior varsity people cleaning up, Kevin Pollock eventually looks up and is like, who are you people? The
2: only reason is because they answered Jeopardy correctly. Yes, because
0: they answered the question correctly. They
2: answered the question, and he hears the TV say it again, and then he stops and looks and he's like, where the fuck did
0: these people come from? Yeah, he's 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 got Jeopardy in the background <laughs> while he's doing paperwork for his business, which is why he's so out of it. And now we get to the iconic scene of the movie when people think of this film yeah. this is what they think about Anna paquin comes down and he says I, you know i'd like to present the new not improved just different okay we're not being judgy here laney boggs and we get the "Sixpence none the richer song kiss me
2: god that song it was, was everywhere.
0: everywhere and it's a good song it still holds up oh it's yeah it's great yeah. And Rachel Lee Cook comes down looking marginally hotter than she did before she went up. They basically just took her glasses off, cut her hair a little shorter, no considerably considerably shorter. shorter. Yeah, it's now it went from being like well below the shoulders to above the shoulders, like a bob, kind of a bob bob, cut.
1: And the iconic movie moment is ruined by the subsequent... Trip down the stairs. The yes, second just... worst trip I've ever seen in movies. <laughs> it comes right after the first. This will become the
2: third worst trip <laughs> you've seen. <laughs> There's another trip later another that's one worse than this straight. one. But I'd say not quite as bad yeah, as the first. Not quite as bad as
1: the first. <laughs> first one's the worst, but... I mean, this one you could... You could say maybe because she's never worn heels before, but it just she doesn't know Yeah, heels going downstairs. I mean it's hard. It's difficult in heels.
0: So they're going to go leave for the party now. And again, like, was this the same day? I don't know. The Time is very weird for this sequence. But as they're leaving, Kieran Culkin just starts making this really elaborate kissy face. Air kissing. Thing. Yeah. Like, has the his fact? hands around an imaginary partner, like groping up and down them and tongue flapping around. And Freddie Prince Jr. looks around. Her- back and sees him doing this gives him a what the fuck look yeah see to his
2: credit he's not like that's what me and your sister are gonna be doing. He's like, dude, not cool. Yeah,
0: it's it's Keira Culkin could be like, that's you and my sister. That's what you're gonna be doing. That's right. That's what I'm thinking about. It's, as
1: the that's little brother. not our brother's brother. <laughs> why?
0: Why? Why? Why are you thinking that? <laughs> I do because he's he's I don't know got a thing with him on the spectrum. Who the fuck knows? I don't know. Think that's how the spectrum works. Not the parts I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> And so he says to them, as to, and to try and recover, he tells them to drive safely. So we are now at the party at Dule Hill's house. Holy fuck! This is a massive house.
1: Yeah, damn. Rich people, are evil. Rich
0: people are. It's like I want a car dealership <laughs> named after. Yeah, a this, this movie
1: does before. have a real I hate rich people feel about it. No, this movie loves the fuck oh, out of no. rich people. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> we'll get to this in the subsequent scene. No, no. You, the viewer, hate them. This movie fucking loves them. So. <laughs> I think that I think this movie secretly hates them.
0: Agree to disagree, YouTube. Let's move on. There are so many people at this party, Dule Hill doesn't even know all the people who have shown up at his party. We have this really weird moment where Gabrielle Union sees Rachel Lee Cook and is so glad that she's there, really wants her to come help her talk to these two Guatemalans, some Latin American country. Freddie Prince Jr. is like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. And she says to him in the worst Spanish ever, gracias, Poppy." with that pronunciation. It was really weird.
1: Yeah. This was, I think, the beginning of my checking out. Yeah,
0: there's definitely some padding for time.
1: What's weird is that there is something very significant missing, which we'll get to soon, just with regards to this movie. That there's a giant scene missing.
0: Yeah, so Paul Walker is there and he's making fun of Freddie Prince Jr. for bringing Rachel Lee Cook to the party. It insinuates that, you know, he might have feelings for her. And Freddie Prince is like, no, 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 no. It's just a bet. Instead of being honest, like clearly like Paul Walker's nailed it on the head, mm-hmm. but you know, men late nineties can't be honest about their feelings. Matthew Lillard and Taylor show up. Taylor is drunk already has a cup of wine. Coming from the street. She's just been driving. Yeah. Smoking a cigarette, if I remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And she's like, I want a beer. And Matthew Lillard in the coolest of 90 sunglasses. I miss 90 sunglasses. (laughs) (laughs) They need to make a comeback. And he's like, you've already got a drink. I want a beer. So I guess he goes to get her a drink. And so Rachel e. Cook tries to use the bathroom and finds one of the girls from art class who told her to kill herself, just wasted discount Julia Styles,
1: because I kept thinking that this was her. Yes, it's I yep. Discount
0: Julia Styles.
1: But this is the hate rich people moment.
0: It is, and it's it's a weird moment. Like, I don't know what it's Yeah,
2: this is really weird because Rachel e. Cook starts being nice to her because she's in there, she's sick, she's throwing up. And how's it feel, Lainey? what she's like i get my top choices to the top art schools and you're cleaning my puke
0: <sighs> and passes out in the bathroom yeah she's not cleaning her puke and yeah i don't know what this moment is i like maybe something got cut out of the movie that makes this scene make sense but it's she notices that discount julia styles's purse contains art supplies and she gets a devious little grin on her face
1: you see this moment should have been a prank that everyone saw her do to make and that's what made her popular because we get a transition moment where suddenly she's popular for no reason. For her playing a round of beach volleyball and showing up to a party. That's suddenly what made her popular. I
2: think it was implied that everyone knew she did it. Because like, she came walking well, out Well, no, there, no, and no. Because she closes the
1: door right behind her. her to make sure no one can see. But when you close the door, it makes a noise. And everyone's like,
2: what the fuck is that? I mean, Taylor was talking. There's a noise that happened. What? What? No, no. <laughs> the door closing was making it private. Well, anyway, she face paints her to be like the painting... That this goth chick was doing, and it's this clown right. face,
0: right. and it, it doesn't pay off because we never see that character again for the rest of the movie. But it does pay off in another way. Okay, maybe we, maybe you can bring it up when we get there. But Taylor, while this is going on, is trying to flex on Freddie Prince Jr. by saying that, hey, you know what, you know, if you want, I can go get you Matthew Lillard's autograph freddy prince jr doesn't give a fuck about getting matthew lillard's autograph because he says he saw him eating toenails on the real world (laughs) for
2: 10 10 bucks,
0: bucks his own toenails yeah Again, there's some great lines in this movie. She tells him to jump up my ass. <laughs> Been there, done that. Oh, uh, <laughs> another 90s, late 90s, early 2000s saying that has gone the way at the dodo. Did he have got the t-shirt in did there not, too? Did not, but I, I did not have that. got the t-shirt. Oh, okay. So Matthew Lillard decides that he really needs to dance for everyone this is his song right taylor
2: wanted to do some stuff he's like hold on it's my song and he must dance right he's like
0: moving people out (laughs) of the way so he's got like all the room he needs to do his insane dance (laughs) it's
2: absolutely insane yeah it is And again, given the wild characters I've seen him play, I'm going to add this to the beauty <laughs> factor, and that Matthew Lillard was not given choreography; He was just told, was to, just told to dance. Oh,
0: <laughs> dude, I hate to br- burst your bubble. There was absolutely choreography, and do you know what? There was choreography. I'll bring this up again later but the oh it, well we may as well say it now the same reason for the prom yeah, dance the director scene. was a choreographer and he just had to have some fucking dancing in his movie Oh no mine was runtime padding Well there's also runtime padding
1: for <laughs> sure so that's why all those dance sequences are so full. Yeah, because the yes.
0: director really
1: the movie is
2: barely over an hour and a half long. They had to pad time so they. Put yeah, dance I thought sequences. I thought it was <laughs> something
1: to do with maybe getting the best out of Usher, but I guess I was giving it too much credit. Too much credit.
2: I think they retroactively got Usher because all of his scenes are at the promise the DJ. And then it's just him isolated in his room at the school.
0: Oh, they, yeah, no, they were the the Weinsteins told him to, to add those scenes later for time and for extra context. So yeah, Usher was an afterthought.
2: Well, as much of a spaz as this dance is, there's one thing I like from a character standpoint from Matthew Lillard, because the song keeps repeating, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. And on every me, he's pointing to the tattoo of himself that says me underneath. it.
0: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and, and here's the thing: th- this whole sequence is meant to show us that you know Matthew Lillard's a jackass, and we're supposed to be making fun of him for doing these dances. Yeah. But let's be all honest: all these things we already knew. True, all these things I already know. But here's the thing: nobody on this podcast has moves that good. I was slightly jealous. Oh, not you gonna think? I th- oh shit! Apparently, there's something about John that I do not know. Matthew so, Lillard
2: and I can do the splits as equally well. I'd buy that for a <laughs> dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say I can do it even better because I'm so much bigger.
0: <laughs> People don't expect it. So this embarrasses Taylor, of course. And so, oh, her name was Misty, discount uh, Julia Styles. that's mm. the name of the character, exits the bathroom. This is where she sees herself in the clown face. There's screams. There's Rachel Lee Cook very, looking very satisfied at getting her revenge. Taylor catches A glimpse of Rachel E. Cook and does not care for the fact that she is at this party. This party that's not hers. That's not hers. And I'm not sure the characters are aware of each other's existence. (laughs) She's just pissed at her. And I don't think Taylor knows anything about her. I don't think Taylor knows that she's there with Freddie Prince Jr. This is just this conflict gets magicked into the movie at this moment. Uh, She does, actually, because there's that isn't your dad, my pool guy. No, but she's saying it in the scene where she where she's confronting her and being a bitch. There's no build up to this. She just sees her. Oh and yeah, oh yeah. No, she just sees her, and it's like attack, attack. No build up. Doesn't know anything about her. Doesn't know anything about Freddie Prince Jr. and her being together. Nothing. She just goes over there and just happens through the osmosis of narrative. Knows that's what kind of what's going on.
2: Unfortunately, frisbees did not drop.
1: <laughs> no shitting frisbees we need to get to the worst drink spill in movie history oh, the oh the one the
0: one where she like oh she spills her wine down her front like oh she oops. very slightly yeah.
2: tips her yeah it's not one of those oops and i splash the whole cup she
1: very barely pours a tiny amount on the front of her dress i have a theory this dress was actually worth a lot of money and so they could only do a half spill up to this point.
2: Yeah, you never even see a spill on this dress. Exactly. That is a very good and then
1: point. they add sound effects of water dripping <laughs> whenever the camera turns to her. I they love had to this add so sound much. effects of spill in post. <laughs> this is how bad the spill was. Oh, I, I think you're right, Jules. They could only
0: get. Two of this dress, so you can't <laughs> fuck this dress up. So she's like, Oh, you're not gonna cry, are you, Rachel Lee Cook? And Rachel Lee Cook does run away practically crying. So that they won't see her cry. Yeah. And again, my my high school experience very much in a nutshell. Freddie Prince Jr. runs after her. This is where she says out by where all the fancy cars are that these rich high school students have. You know, she swore that she would never let them see her cry.
2: This is now number two fall.
1: This is the next fall, yeah. Because <laughs> it's a little bit
2: gravelly with some large flats, uh, like paved or flat stone areas around. And yeah, and so she does a fall out Magic in the front yard three. driveway. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, yep. We got, we got the third trip in full. It's... This movie does not know how to fall. It is almost the same as
2: the first one. Like, she practiced falling, and so she has this one fall. <laughs> like a- And the first one was just worse because she had stuff to drop.
0: Yep. Freddie Prinze Jr. gives her a very weird pep talk about, you know, if when you open up to people, you let the bad in with the good. And like, it's supposed to be this deep moment. And it just really proved that Rachel Lee Cook is a
1: much better actor than Freddie Prinze Jr. (laughs) (laughs) She is so much better than he is. But then I think she gets a better character because Freddie Prince Jr.'s character is just atrocious. Yeah, there's nothing relatable. He's gone on to
2: do a bunch of stuff that I really like, actually, and has very much surprised me. Yeah,
1: I, I don't blame the actor in this circumstance. I, I blame, I blame the role. Blame writing. Blame direct. And so
0: she says she wants to go home, and Freddie Prince Jr. puts his puts his jacket over her shoulders because you know he wants to show that he's he really cares about her. That's kind of what we're getting from this interaction back at school we get some pa exposition because rachel lee cook finds out over the intercom from usher that she's been nominated for prom queen but who nominated
2: her? And when did she get popular? We find out, I believe, much later who
1: actually nominated her. And again, it's the... But the scene that's missing. There's a lot that was missing. But um, it's the scene that was missing is her actually getting popular. It's called the premise of the film, Jules. As soon
0: as she like, gets this very surprising <laughs> news over the intercom, Gabrielle Union and all the, the mean girls who aren't Taylor congratulate her because they're really invested in her success in this regard, for reasons, I mean, they, they do dro- kind of drop a hint that they're friends with Taylor because she's popular, and they don't seem to like her, but they put up with her.
2: Oh, one of them outright says "fuck this" when the beepers go off.
0: Yeah, because now the pagers go off, and again, I was like, "Member pagers, right?" Hey, member
1: pages? Yeah, pages. Right? Oh,
0: I remember pages.
1: I remember.
0: I, I I do not remember pagers as much because I I never got to have one. I didn't have one, but I remember. <laughs> so all their pagers go off and it's Taylor and Taylor
2: nine one one and they're like, Oh, we have to go, she's our friend. And one of them is like, Yeah, and things change. She's done. It it will turn out later this is the girl who nominated Lainey for homecoming queen.
0: Wait, are we talking about discount Gretchen Wiener?
2: No, discount Gretchen is the one who said she got the text. Oh, okay. It's the it's not little Kim. It's the tall Gabriel um, Union. Yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, so she's the one who did it. Okay, yeah. That that makes sense. The way that she acts towards Rachel E. Cook. I say because then she's
2: not there with Taylor when everyone else shows up to hear what the nine one one emergency is.
0: Right, because Taylor's nine one one emergency, she reveals as she's weeping in her convertible, is that Matthew Lillard broke up with her. We get a great flashback where he's breaking up with her in the same manner that she broke up with Freddie Prince Jr. is like.
2: Oh, baby, you didn't think we were still going to be together when I went to go do All-Star Road Rules, did you? (laughs) Oh, you
0: you did. did. That's That's so
2: sweet. Yeah. Yeah, like exactly the same way that she talked about breaking up with him before going to college. It was
0: was a great, great moment. While she's weeping, she sees a sign that somebody's carrying that says Rachel Lee Cook for prom queen, and she is (laughs) not happy about the competition. Oh, yeah. It is on. So will Rachel Lee Cook become prom queen? Will Freddie Prince Jr.'s character become in any way likable? We're going to take a quick break, and we will find out after that. Hey, Jules, what's wrong, man?
1: Yeah, you're looking kind of down. Hey, guys, I, I have a date tonight, and I really like her, but I just don't think I have the right look. Oh, dude, no worries. We're your friends. We'll we'll, we'll help you
2: out. Yeah, absolutely. I think I know exactly what to do. Hey, hey, hey,
1: what are you just, doing?
0: You need to just taking your glasses off, okay? Give me, and... Oh, my God. John, you're a genius. Yeah, here, take a look yourself in the mirror, Jules.
1: I, I don't believe it. After all these years of hiding behind that bespectacled mask, my inner radiance is finally shining forth. The burden of awkward, nerdy drudgery has been lifted. And I'm not only my true self, but the only version of myself worth living.
0: There you go. Also, I have this for you.
2: Is that a red dress? Come on, it's 2021. You were just talking about being your true self.
0: Yeah, seriously, dude, you need to get over yourself.
1: Uh... Okay. Yeah, there you go. You know, I do kind of feel like Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman.
0: So you feel like a hooker?
1: Exactly. Yeah. High five! Wait, my date has the same dress. We'll clash! Awkward. <laughs> One of us is going to have to change. Unzip me, John. <laughs>
0: And we're back, and we're going to start off this next scene with some sweet, sweet, sleeveless
1: t-shirt soccer. Oh, God. I am going to destroy this sequence.
0: (laughs) I don't think that's how soccer uniforms for work. For starters,
1: the goals they're using are for toddlers. No grown... I see, these are children's <laughs> size goals. Second of all, when he does the spin, he's spinning for no reason, because the sly tackle has clearly missed him anyway. So there is no reason for him to spin... And the goalkeeper clearly just laid himself on the floor so that he could walk past him. And then when he actually shot, it was going in and they had to change the cut because (laughs) to make it look like it was going out. It was just the worst combination of soccer
2: ever. Slide tackler, I can never say his name right, but um, Vilo Metaglia, something like that. He got really big because of the show Heroes and then has had decent success since then. What's that recent show that pops back and forth through time? This Is Us. He was the dad on This Is Us in like the flashback era. It's like, again, this cast just in the most random places is filled up with incredible
0: actors. I just noticed that the soccer uniforms were weird because, I don't know, all the only times I've played soccer or seen soccer played, it's got full t-shirts. And uh, (laughs) all I got out of the scene was Freddie Prince Jr. misses an open goal. Puddler goal. (laughs) A done open toddler goal, yeah. They did seem a little small. So in the locker room, Dooley Hill's like, hey, man, like, what happened out there? What's going on? And Paul Walker's giving him shit about not getting any. And so, yeah, Paul Walker giving him shit about not getting any just kind of, again, confirms our theory that he's absolutely a virgin mm-hmm. trying to cover it up. And clearly, Freddie Prince Jr. is not doing anything. Uh, He asks him if he can try and have sex with Rachel Lee Cook. This sets him off. Sets him off. Freddie Prince Jr. tries to attack Paul Walker. And let's be honest, if this fight were to actually have played out, Paul Walker would have beat the living (laughs) shit out of Freddie Prince Jr. But... Paul Walker has got a good <laughs> five inches on him. He is a tall, jacked dude compared to Freddie Prinze Jr., who is quite slender, actually. And Paul Walker would have wiped the floor with well, him.
2: Well, maybe Freddie Prince Jr. has that that Bruce Lee power, man. You don't know. I'm going to say no. Based on his performance in soccer, I would also say no.
0: <laughs> yeah. Again, what the fuck is this scene? Because Paul Walker is like, "Screw you, man!" Calls him out for being like a fake, you know, faking all this to be like the top guy. I don't know what the fuck this beat was. He says a bunch of rambling bullshit because they need to get to them being rivals now, like proper. Yeah, not just
2: having a bet. There, there needs to be antagonism. Which, by the way, this whole movie, I'm going okay. Um, he has to make her a prom queen in six weeks,
0: or else. Or else he loses the bet and then he has to do the thing.
2: Yes, but we don't even know about thing. That literally gets thrown in at the last moment of the fucking movie. Yeah. There are no stakes to this bet for the whole movie. There's no reason for us to be invested yeah, in it. Yeah, mistakes
1: throughout the entire movie, actually.
2: For anyone!
0: For anyone. <laughs> yeah, and because we don't have a good understanding of Paul Walker and Freddie Prinze Jr.'s friendship, this scene, what is this? But they contrive their way into their antagonists now. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, it's not like Paul Walker's scared of losing and all of a sudden like he's got to give up his fucking car or
0: something, you know? Right, he's just pissed at Freddie Prince Jr. because he's had some latent resentment towards him that he's only just now decided to express.
1: Pretty much.
2: Well, I mean, there's only like two and a half weeks of school left. It's like the don't go to bed angry thing. He can't
0: leave for college without him angry. so now campaign signs for prom queen are going up it's going to be taylor versus rachel lee Cook. and
1: lonnie is represented by all the minorities yes the
2: clubs at this school the first one you see uh, lets you know that lonnie erlaney
0: is the pro choice choice yep wow. and the gay club it's just gay club <laughs>
2: the hygiene squad the hygiene it's future custodians of america i mean like what the fuck is this
1: and then the oppressed prisoners club like what the shit it's literally every minority the movie's straining you can hear it but it's
2: minority versus mainstream because then that gets countered with have a latte vote for
0: taylor Cut to Freddie Prince Jr. once again not respecting Rachel Lee Cook's space because she's painting in her basement. She says straight up as he's coming down the stairs to her basement. No one's allowed down here and doesn't give a shit. He just keeps coming down. I actually
2: love this scene and the way it's set up and like the 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 staging and everything of it because this is her art studio. Yes, it is. And imagine movie art studio. This is the opposite of that. <laughs> movie art studio is sunny and there's probably paint everywhere. Maybe you have to put some sheets over some furniture because she's just so creative. <laughs> this is a dark, gloomy undoubtedly very dirty basement yes i mean this is how withdrawn of a person she is the only thing in it is basically the piece she's working on and it's bright blue it is vibrant it matches what she's wearing it's this splash of color in this otherwise just horrible world and he's wearing grays and browns and basically camouflages into the scenery the way this is shot i think this is a fucking masterclass right here for showing her character i really do love it
0: yeah, and we finally get a bit of insight into her backstory because what she's she's painting, it's centered around a photo of her mother, and mm-hmm. there's blues, and she talks about how her mom was a photographer and how art kind of runs in the family. She died of cancer. She doesn't really remember crying about it.
2: Yeah, she's emotionally stunted. Uh, like they were at the funeral. They were at the. Yeah, this is whatever it's called afterwards. Her brother sitting on her lap, and her just sitting there. I mean, it's
1: this is really. depression
0: yeah it's it's kind of rough but in the middle of this freddie prince jr is like she's really beautiful to which rachel lee cook replies well not everything is hereditary and freddie prince jr (laughs) right and freddie prince jr says nothing he doesn't disagree with this at all he just lets that hang i think he finally
2: realized just how deep her self-esteem issues are when rachel lee cook is like well it's not right and he's like you've seen yourself
0: right no but there's no 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 attempt no i know uh, like that's his thought process it's like
2: wait a second yeah
0: you are a smoke show miss lee cook like what and so he tells her that you know she can't keep shutting people out that is kind of like what something that she does that's the thing that she needs to get over to grow as a character and she just kind of counters by calling him out for not having decided about where he's going to college counter stock counter stocky because she went to the counselor's office and saw that he had undecided next to his name (laughs) on the college she noticed his college status at the counselor's office who the fuck does that (laughs) And also, why are those posted? Well, otherwise you can't have a, a confrontation in this scene, you
1: know? <laughs> they realized that that one thing that they brought up about his character needed to be resolved at some point.
0: And so Freddie Prince Jr. tells some long, boring story about how his dad always wanted him to go to Dartmouth and how he always felt pressured to follow in his dad's footsteps. And
2: and I love the way this is handled later. Yeah. Because all we get is Freddie Prince Jr.'s perspective on this, on the, this Dartmouth expectation. Has always been there his entire
0: life. To which Rachel Lee Cook rightly says, "Hey, man, that's a great fucking problem to have. You know that, right? You know you're being a little (laughs) not in those words, but essentially what?
2: Yeah. She basically just goes first world white people problems. Yeah, yeah, very much. Yeah. And he calls her Tony Robbins
0: because it's like he's trying to say, you know, yeah, like to have this guy's. I'm sorry, you're attractive, you're rich, you're the fucking class president, you're popular."
2: You're one of the smartest people in the class. Yeah, you got
0: accepted to all the Ivies. Go fuck yourself, my dude. Mm-hmm.
2: Or you could go over to, I forget where she says, but like go over to African study Squids. Do whatever the fuck you want. Just make a decision.
0: Yeah, just make a fucking choice. And so Freddie Prince Jr. Decides to lean in for a kiss. And Rachel Lee Cook pulls off the ultimate power move by just making him do all the work. He's got to lean into her. She's just going to close her eyes and you got to do all the work, motherfucker. She says something, I forget what she says, but it, it cause, gives him pause. He doesn't actually kiss her. And he starts running up the stairs. Rachel e. Cook is very confused by all this. And he's like, let me call you later. Because clearly like he's thinking about the bet and how, I, I, I don't know, I guess guilt causes him to run away. The way
1: he looks when he runs away is like, I just found out I was gay, but I need to leave.
0: <laughs> Hell of a time to find out.
2: So he gets spooked by this almost kissing a girl thing and runs away from the basement. And it's another real world episode, except it's not because Freddie Prince Jr. is in it. And Matthew Lillard's giving him some shit like, oh, she doesn't like uh, her new clothes and her new friends or whatever. You know, it's just a bad da 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 You know, he's saying how he really cares for her. He can finally admit it. And then there's more laughter. Taylor and Rachel Lee Cook are over there and it turns out they made a bet about how Freddie Prince Jr. would react to being broken up with. And so Taylor, quote unquote, wins that bet. And Rachel Lee Cook makes fun of him. was like, oh, we did have some fun together. Like my beautiful eyes. And <laughs> yes. And, uh, and Matthew Lillard turns to him. He's like, hey, look, dude, in all seriousness, man. You do have some really beautiful eyes. And then, you know it's a dream because he sits straight
0: up in the middle of bed. Bolt
1: upright. He's got the bed. (laughs) The Mattress Master 2000.
0: 2000! (laughs) God, if I had a nickel for every time I woke up and just shot straight up, I'd be retired already. It's the No More No-No Dreams mattress. so now we get more campaigning for prom queen at school yes and okay so this is the weirdest shit taylor's giving out pictures of her with hansen yes yes vote the vote for taylor people like and one guy just walks by and goes no which i love
2: but um, (laughs) uh but they're like vote for taylor and people open up their gift bags and there's mugs with taylor's face on it and yeah a not-signed photo of Taylor with the trio Hanson. <laughs> right. <laughs> what Madness. the fuck are you supposed to do with that? <laughs>
0: it's it's she knows this popular band well they were popular <laughs> for like a hot second in the late 90s you know like, yeah
2: but this was 99 they were popular a few years before this <laughs> like
0: they were popular when they were filming it probably right yeah by the term of the millennium hansen had ceased to be a cultural factor <laughs> so now we get a rap about rachel lee cook just two black students with, you know, group of other students around them just rapping about how they think that Rachel Lee Cook is way better than Taylor?
2: Yeah, at first I thought it was going to be a rap battle, but no, it's two different people taking the same side.
1: And I still don't understand why everyone thinks Slaney's cool all of a sudden, just because she played some beach volleyball and showed up to a party wearing a dress.
0: Yeah, the broader school finding her popular is It really makes weird. No sense. <laughs> it makes no sense, yeah.
2: Especially since she hasn't changed. Exactly. Like, she's not acting like the popular crew or
0: anything like that. She's still herself. I mean you know yeah she'll show up to a party now but and she's not even campaigning for herself there's just these random people <laughs> doing it for her it's
1: like this whole prom yeah, queen thing is happening to her yeah and why prom queen matters too i never understood that thing popularity contest that's it because it, as we said before this movie has given you no stakes like being prom queen is completely pointless
2: Oh, I thought you meant just in general, but yes, and th- yeah. there's no stakes for the pet either. Exactly. Right.
1: <laughs> so while this rap is going
0: on, Paul Walker is watching while smoking a cigarette. Yeah, it turns out he's a smoker. (laughs) He's a smoker, but he's smoking at school and nobody's (laughs) stopping him. No teacher is like, hey, what are you doing smoking at school? And he's so upset by this rap about how awesome Laney is. He drops his cigarette butt in like the Diet Coke of the kid next to him. Yes. What an asshole. I know. I I wrote this act of dickishness is brought to you by Diet Coke. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> so in the cafeteria, Rachel e. Cook is having lunch with Eldon Henson and she asks him whether or not she's kissable because I think she gets really hung up by the f- about the fact that Freddie Prince Jr. did not kiss her in her basement, even though he was completely violating her personal space. Eldon henson kind of says look if we weren't totally platonic friends i would be making out with you all the fucking time he clearly is holding a candle for rachel lee cook but he kind of got friend zoned very early on in their lives so they're interrupted by kieran culkin
2: yeah is this his job
1: fresh ground pepper yeah <laughs> And yeah. I think he's on roll. <laughs> you
2: never see it, but the way he moves, I think he's on roller skates.
0: No, he is on roller blades, and you do see. Well, them. of course, because it's the '90s. It's the '90s. Oh, you do so get to see him. I did You do get to see, see I didn't them. See them. So he, yeah, he he apparently spends his lunch break rollerblading around the cafeteria, offering, offering people fresh, fresh ground, ground pepper, pepper <laughs> out of a giant pepper mill. Yeah, he totally stole this from Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It was just the weirdest thing. Fresh ground pepper. He's full on waitering this school.
0: Yeah.
2: And it's like, dude, this is chicken nuggets and mashed potatoes served with an ice cream
0: scoop. What the fuck are you doing?
1: (laughs) I don't think this movie knows how high school works.
0: Well, here's the thing. It's because, again, they have to reiterate that he's this weird kid. He's got these odd tendencies, might have some sort of, you know, condition. I really just want to see this kid's story.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's missing.
2: He eats things straight from the jar He mimes air making out He just travels around
0: offering pepper What the fuck is with this guy? He has a I hearing really aid for know. reasons I suspect What's he just reason? wears it to I, just, I suspect he just wears it to wear. He actually doesn't need it He just wears it
1: I think he's an aspiring restaurateur. That's why he prepared the drink for <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. That's why he's rolling around with freshly ground pepper. This is his dream.
0: And then while he's rolling around offering people freshly ground pepper, he offers it to Sarah Michelle Gellar in a non-speaking role. Yes, we have almost the entire main Scooby-Doo cast in this movie. We're just missing <laughs> Velma. Right. We're just missing Velma and I guess whoever voiced Scooby-Doo, but yeah, she, this was, she was in the movie just to be in the movie. She had already done, I think, I Know What You Did Last Summer. So she was a known quantity. This wasn't like her getting discovered. She did, I think she, I mean, she's married to Freddie Prince Jr. now. Maybe they were dating then and She was was hanging out something
2: like that. I thought Freddie was in. I know you what you did last summer. Yeah, he was as
0: well. That's probably where they. It may have
2: just been like he had a new thing, and then like yeah, he he just brought her
0: along for a quick little. Yeah, she was a known quantity. I, I don't know whether Buffy had started then, but I think it was one of those things where it's like, oh my god, is that? That was definitely what it was. It was not you know her discovery by any means so yeah and he's skating along after that two bullies come along and stop him and start Scott tinnerman and friend (laughs) yes (laughs) ginger guy he's shermanator from american pie and while the one guy who's wearing a sleeveless t-shirt that conspicuously says kill all artists with a pistol on his shirt which Woof! columbine had happened guys like this is a bad
1: look even the worst teenagers wouldn't wear that i can't think of anyone on the planet who would genuinely i can't imagine a
0: single school dress code that would allow for it's
2: like yeah no I, i i could imagine a lot of people who would wear that
0: but not being allowed to wear it in
2: school though
0: you at least have to turn it inside out yeah, so anyway. Yeah, I mean they weren't they weren't even letting people wear South Park shirts in the late 90s, like let's be honest. So the guy with the shirt is distracting Kieran Culkin, giving him shit while the Shermanator puts his pubes on a pizza, which were not told explicitly is Kieran Culkin's pizza. There's there's no way of knowing that. Yeah, it's that just that... some pizza. Right.
2: So the the distraction is like is Kieran also
0: the lunchroom monitor? Why does he need distracted with a porno mag? Yeah, forcing him to Look at this porno mag that Kieran Culkin does not want to look at. Don't make people look at porn if they don't want to look at it. So Freddie Prince Jr. comes in, catches them, and makes them both eat the pube pizza. Um, I didn't need to say this. I, I'm sure I laughed my ass off in the late 90s when I was a kid. I'm sure I found this <laughs> fucking hilarious, but... This is a really
1: weird sequence to me because does this imply that he used to let kids like Culkin eat pubes and that was fine and that this is showing how he's no longer letting kids eat pubes?
2: So the way I see this, the reason for the scene was because of the fight he had with Paul Walker. And Paul Walker's like, you ain't actually shit around here. And he's showing off that, you know, he's still the alpha male. He's still the big guy. I can make you eat pubes. I can make you eat that guy's pubes. Also, this is my buddy, so don't fuck with him. You know, Yeah, he,
0: that's basically what he says. But then he catches Lainey's eyes and freaks out and fucks off again. Right, because part of me was thinking, okay, this is also him proving to himself that he actually does care for her. And he's going to express that by taking care of her brother, who she's basically been a mother to since her own mother mm-hmm. died. But yeah, so he saves her brother from eating pubes, doesn't go over and talk to her, just fucks off.
1: So that's how you impress girls. You force uh, force weird, awkward teenagers to eat their own pubes. It's called romance, jewels. Well, and each, <laughs> and each others, and each others, and each others.
0: Paul Walker is now gonna take a stab at stalking Rachel Lee Cook at work. Right. I mean, God, this poor poor Rachel Lee Cook. This entire movie just happens to her. You know what I mean? If there weren't for these popular jock assholes like just fucking with her life, she would have just gone on as normal, had her few friends, done her art you know but no they gotta go and bug her at work and at home and in her private basement studio also anyone notice the los angeles aids walk flyers yep. in very 90s font yeah but i mean you know she's all about activism in any and all of its forms so yeah it makes sense so he asks her out to prom and her reaction is like fuck no he says is that a no and she says that's a hell no good on you lady good on you rachel lee cook Paul Walker not taking no for an answer, like a you know person who respects boundaries and consent and all that good. Douchebag, a colossal douchebag. He lies to her about Freddie Prince Jr. not caring about her, having told other people that he actually still likes Taylor. And also, you know, when she kind of is has a moment of hesitation about whether or not this is true, he points out that Freddie Prince Jr. hasn't asked her to the prom yet. And Rachel Lee Cook trusts this guy way too fast.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: She's like, wow, he made a
2: good point there hmm
1: it's the it's the one thing that sometimes happens in movies is that people trust whatever words come out you know you got to get the story moving sure yeah.
2: but paul walker is once again clearly doing this so he doesn't lose the bet
0: that has no stakes <laughs> well no stakes that we as an audience know of there are stakes we just don't know about them and there's, so so there's literally no reason for the us to last be scene
2: when a different character literally says wait what were the stakes of that bad there are yeah. stakes we
0: just as an audience don't know about it until literally the last five minutes <laughs> and so we, we... <laughs> have to presume that there aren't any <laughs> rationally we have to presume there are no actual stakes yeah so again rachel e. cook way too easily trusting of this jock asshole who she doesn't like who you know rationally should be like okay cool hey Freddie prince jr what the fuck's going on this paul walker guy just came in and bugged me at work like you did and said all this shit what's going on okay I got your side of the story i can make a rational say nope because then we don't have the rest of the movie while she kind of like looks upset about things paul walker lets her know that you know just so you know the prom offer still open okay cut to freddie prince jr's bedroom where tim matheson has found all of the acceptance letters and i love tim matheson in this scene
2: i really do
0: yeah because
2: he's like what the fuck man you had all of these you couldn't make a choice. The date has passed on most of these. You're ruining your life. You're giving up. Yeah. You know, you you've literally got all these opportunities. And Freddie Prince Jr. starts pulling the, well, it's my life, not yours, Dad. I don't want your life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they totally don't play into that. Like I'm expecting a full house moment of oh, I'm so sorry, son, and this is how I... I'm calling
1: out that cliche, though. It's my life, not your Oh, yeah,
2: no, totally call that one out. But they don't follow it up with like this, oh my goodness, what have I done as a parent? He's like, look, this isn't about me. Sorry if it came across this way. You have to learn to make decisions for yourself because you're a fucking adult and life's going to hit you whether you like it or not, and walks out. Yep. Yeah!
0: Yeah, He's basically like... I was like, I'm sorry I came across that like, I expected you to follow my exact path, but I literally never said that. That's just a thing that you <laughs> right. made up in your head.
2: Yeah, we only ever heard Freddie Prince Jr.'s side of the story. And he's just like, you had all these letters. Why didn't you apply to one of them? Why didn't you apply to one of them? He's like, well, I just can't pick a thing out of it. He's like, well, you better, because that's called making a fucking
0: choice. Yeah, the future is going to happen, whether you're ready for it or not. The, the same, exact same thing Rachel Lee Cook you... told him in the basement.
1: Again, Freddie Prince Jr.'s. Character arc is just so weirdly underdeveloped. It's just <laughs> not being able to make a choice. I, I, it's stupid. As a friend of mine would say, these are champagne
0: problems. Yeah. You know, so back at school, Usher is expositing that it's two weeks to prom and the race is really tight between Taylor and Rachel Lee Cook. And then so they bump into each other because they both have entourages for some reason, late. Rachel Lee Cook has an. I mean, Taylor. Yeah, I get why she has an entourage, but Rachel Lee Cook apparently has manifested an entourage and they bump into each other. There's this weird sizing. And each it's other supposed up. to be a photo op. It turns into a photo op. It's really weird. Like, first of all, Taylor is way the fuck taller than Rachel <laughs> yes, Lee <she> Cook. Is. <laughs> There's somebody to take a photo there, and Taylor makes it look like they're buddy buddy because she thinks that's gonna be better for public opinion. I wish they actually like had a still that they would present
2: because Taylor's like, eh? and Rachelie Cook <laughs> is just glaring up at her. She's not looking at the camera. She's just glaring Amazing. up at her.
0: So as she walks away, she, I think she grazes it like well, there's like a group of she nerds. she just shoves her way through some nerds and one's like oh I think I touched her
2: boom. <laughs>
0: Aren't nerds funny. So at the prom venue, Taylor asks Freddie Prince Jr. about their plans for for prom. He's like yeah, so we're going to prom, right? Good night. One sec. There's a few things that Usher said that really
2: bothered me. Okay, and he talks about how prom is coming, so you know what that means, everyone. Crepe paper, cleavage, and crystal? Who the fuck is serving champagne at high school prom, especially Cristal?
0: I mean, at somebody's after party, there's going to be Cristal because that's how rich kids prom, I guess. Yeah, but right at the actual prom, where the fuck is the Cristal? OK, fair point. Next item of contention
2: This is the only other one. He also tells everyone to vote early and vote often. How many fucking <laughs> votes do you get to put in this race for <laughs> prompting and queen? <laughs>
1: Usher predicts voter fraud for the next twenty years. I say, like, yeah. No wonder
2: everyone who grew up in this movie believes voter fraud every fucking election. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I think some comedian at some point in history said, "Vote early and vote often." It might have been Robin Williams, early Robin Williams, but like it is, it is a known phrase. It is a known. I blame joke. Usher. I blame Usher. I mean, go. Uh, sure, I blame Usher for lots of <laughs> things, but. <laughs>
1: he's clearly getting champagne for underage kids right if these kids weren't 25 this would be a serious (laughs) issue
0: (laughs) well said yeah they're at the prom venue i think they're, they're they're helping set up and taylor asked Freddie prince jr about their plans for prom like hey so what are we doing you know and kind of assuming that they're still going together Taylor kind of drops that Rachel Lee Cook is going with Paul Walker, which upsets Freddie Prince Jr. And conveniently they are right behind him just so he can have a confrontation mm-hmm. in the same yep. scene. And so he goes up and he asks about whether or not he she's going with Paul Walker and Paul Walker basically, you know, reveals the bet to Rachel Mm -hmm. Lee Cook right in front of him. And he pretends he had nothing to do with it. And he's like, you know, come on, man. People have feelings.
2: And yeah, he conveniently doesn't mention it's a bet we had, but just there's a bet that Freddie Prince Jr. is a part of.
0: Right. With whom? Who's the other party? And Freddie Prince Jr. doesn't, you know, say, hey, look, you know, I'm sorry there was a bet. It stopped being a you know a thing for me at some point because I got to know you. Also, this is the motherfucker that chose you for the bet, and he's absolutely a part of it. Doesn't right. say that he gets absolutely tongue tied, and obviously Rachel Lee Cook gets very upset and you know asks him whether asks Am I a fucking bet?" and he just says yes. Gets tongue tied, doesn't call out Paul Walker. Because again, we would not have a climax to this film if we didn't contrive some fucking conflict. Right. <laughs> and then Paul Walker flashes him a grin and runs off after. Her. Yes. Yep. So then we have Rachel Lee Cook arting sadly in the basement. And I'm guessing this is some sort of
2: self portrait, but the clown face reappears that she drew on Goth Girl, yep. but now she, she, yes, is, but the she is the now. clown. She is the clown. Yeah. It's a
1: metaphor. Yes.
0: So you know, Freddie Prinze Jr., he's trying to call. He's leaving a message on the answering machine. And in the middle of him leaving the message, Kieran Culkin picks the phone up and says, stop calling, asshole, because even he doesn't like him now. And then in the greatest deflection ever,
2: because Kevin Pollak starts to turn to him, and he just goes, wrong number.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think I think he was, Kieran Culkin was just really pissed off because he, w- he wanted to get that waiter job at the falafel stand, and it just didn't come through, so... That was his secret story.
0: Yeah, they told him no rollerblades, and he's like, no, I come with rollerblades. And no
1: pepper. What the hell are you doing bringing pepper from home?
0: (laughs) We have pepper here, okay? This is my own special blend of black pepper. (laughs) Just the right amount of white to have a contrasting spice. Yeah, and also Kevin Pollack, most of his scene work is just holding random pool shit while he tells, <laughs> while Kieran Culkin tells him that it's a wrong number, he's standing by the open fridge holding some sort of pool piece <laughs> yeah i don't know well this will continue oh yeah kevin pollock now goes down to the basement empty-handed so he has to keep picking up different pieces of pool equipment while he talks with her he gets a filter and some tubing yeah he's just it's acting with random pool shit because he's just kind of monologuing to her a bit about you know how she kind of hasn't lived for herself and how she basically like co-parented her brother and all this stuff like also helping out with the finances in the house apparently his pool business doesn't fully support the family i feel like is the implication here it does seem
1: or
0: whether he means just helping out like you
2: know how she was like oh i have to clean the house i have to you know take care of that sort of stuff earlier maybe maybe that maybe like the housekeeping okay
0: yeah that would make more sense he's busy working all the time and doesn't have time to do doesn't have
1: doesn't have time to dad
0: that would make more sense because his house is really freaking nice and has a pool and that is not cheap yeah even
1: even even her family is wealthy and that's why i went for the crazy rich teenagers (laughs) as a title
0: right yeah you have to be somewhat wealthy to own a house like that in los angeles I guess she works at the falafel stand for her own independent... Who knows?
1: She likes to talk about (laughs) bulls. She
0: likes to supersize them. Wow, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so Kevin Pollock tells her that she's going to wake up in her 80s looking for her teeth, to which she replies, Thanks, Dad, that was graphic. What? That wasn't graphic. (laughs) The fuck is... That was a graphic, looking for her teeth? Yeah, so basically... Worried about her missing out on her life, letting her know that it's okay for her to do her thing. And... She's, you know, mentions that she's not going to be going to this prom, and he says, "Look, there's this guy who's waiting for you, handsome dude, who's waiting for you to." Was take this you to prom. M
1: Night Shyamalan's um, so um, a- twist?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because there, because there is this like sense of ooh, who showed up to take her to prom, and it's Paul Walker. Yep, 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 Paul freaking Walker. And you know what? He's actually
2: pretty charming in this scene. I mean, we know it's all ulterior motives for him, and I really went southern right there for some reason on (laughs) Ulterior. But he's like, hey, if you don't want to go, I get it. But hey, I didn't ask anyone else, and I'm here. And hey, you know what? You don't even have to change. She's in her paint overalls. Yeah, she, she, dead. you know. Yeah, he gives her this moment of "You're great just how you are," is what he's saying, and it's just the same that he's an asshole who doesn't actually. Yeah, mean it. this is the
1: thing. This was a great opportunity to give a character another dimension, but because it turns out that this is him just being underhanded, there is no other dimension. This is a, every single character is a caricature. It's it's so frustrating when when we reach this moment
2: which is what made it entertaining for me because they are so laughably one-dimensional yeah, yeah i could still enjoy
0: it so we also see freddie prince jr getting ready to go to the prom and he's putting a corsage on his sister's wrist he's taking yep. anna paquin he's taking his little sister to prom anna paquin tells freddie prince jr to not worry rachel e. cook will be there somehow she divines this And we also get to see a very huffy Taylor sitting alone because Freddie Prince Jr. didn't come to pick her up.
2: With a tray of margaritas. Three margaritas. (laughs) like one's partially drank, but yeah, she has a tray of margaritas that she is being very
0: sullen next to. So now it's prom time. We see the photographer who has no time for Dulé Hill and Gabrielle Union's bullshit.
2: He has no time for anyone. They walk up and he's like, give me a fucking smile. Right now. Yeah,
0: give me a fucking smile. And you know, giving shit to the guy who brings a blow up doll as his date. Again, nobody takes it away from him. They take away his alcohol. I was about to say this is
2: shirtless or not shirtless, but sleeveless guy from the Tennerman scene. Brought a fucking blow up doll. And the hey, gimme that, mister, from one of the chaperones as he took away a
0: bottle of booze.
1: Yep. Not the blow up doll. Fuck? And you see him dancing with the blow up doll later. He's out loud and proud. He's loud and proud about it this blow-up doll just wants to share it with the world
0: wow Anna Paquin and Freddie Prince Jr. arrive and she tells him to find Rachel Lee Cook and cut in and now i have an all caps funk soul yes! brother Jesus. bring back
1: that song i want to hear that everywhere i miss that song oh my god i, I love can't this
2: song. decide if i love or hate this song <laughs> it's like i mean if yeah if you're in a situation where you just want to like rock the fuck out even though it's not a rock song um you know or like you're at a dance you just want to go crazy it's
0: fucking perfect <laughs> it is but you can't listen to it no 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 it is not a song you just because put on and listen to it's three
2: phrases that repeat and the music changes throughout but
1: that's i think it's it. one of the craziest things i've discovered doing this podcast is that the movies were a lot more disappointing than i remember but the music was so much better than i remember <laughs> I don't know if it's the retro yes. charm now. The music or what, was but way. I'm better. smiling whenever yeah. I hear songs in movies from the 90s. Oh,
2: that's your nostalgia kicking in.
1: It could be, yeah. Uh, but the movies themselves, I rarely have nostalgia for, except for Predator.
2: Yeah, but
0: you hated this in the first place, too. So. <laughs>
1: I'm pretty sure Funk Soul Brother was in one
0: of the FIFA games.
2: First of all, this song is Rockefeller Skank. Thank you very much. (laughs) Oh, well, excuse me. Yeah, And it's basically comprised of four other songs, remixed and mashed together. And Fatboy Slim did it right. In order to get this song and get permission to use everything, um, all four of those other artists got 25%. So as huge as this song was, he got nothing.
0: Wow. <laughs> he made it for love of the that's game. Brilliant. Yep, yep. Respect,
2: and that's part of the reason I love it. I mean, you know, most of the
0: time it's going to irritate the
2: shit. Despite out of the me. song,
1: did anyone feel just as off-put by the fact that everyone starts choreographed dancing in this? Okay,
0: oh, we are almost. We things. are almost there. Oh, let's just we're do almost it. there. Ah. Okay, so while the song is playing in the background, Taylor intercepts Freddie Prince Jr. and says she forgives him. I guess for not showing up and leaving her to drink three margaritas all by herself. How dare he? By the way,
1: I do that to Nick every Friday night.
0: <laughs> you forgive him or you leave
1: him to drink margaritas
0: alone? Which part I of this are him. you?
1: <laughs> I'm the one wearing the dress. Okay.
0: So apparently Usher has the power to make an entire high school senior class do a coordinated dance.
1: Comes out of nowhere. I I don't get it. Was this director trying to make grease or something?
0: I have two things here.
2: One, this dance scene was not originally part of the movie. Again, it was added to pad out the run And they deleted
1: scenes that were important or what? Because there are scenes that are needed in this movie that aren't there. (laughs)
2: Look. Just because they're scenes that are needed does not mean they were deleted. <laughs> they may not have been made in the first place secondly they half-ass attempt to justify this shit because as the song's cranking up usher actually says all right everyone do that dance i
0: taught you it's
1: so bad it's so <laughs> desperate and forced
0: and it's so long the sequence is so it's the whole
2: song so yeah.
0: long it is gratuitous so now we see eldon henson sitting alone eating all the shrimp <laughs> Yes, he is. Not just eating some shrimp, he is eating all the shrimp. And honestly, that is the best way to spend a prom. I'm going to say that Eldon Henson is making the correct choice.
1: One question. What I want to bring up here is, is this the first time we find out what Eldon's name is? No,
0: they use his name several times. But
1: his name is jesse jackson
0: yep oh yes we get his full name yeah he connects with anna paquin who just happens to be standing nearby they both like the song that comes on yeah very weirdly
2: and immediately because the next song i don't even know what it was like he's just scarfing trim and is just like i love this song to himself because she walks up behind him and she's like oh me too this is my
0: favorite song and they have like a moment of looking at each other and he says yeah i'm jesse jackson I'm not a good dancer (laughs) to which she replies. And I go to a school with 500 chicks. So I guess that means her standards are low. Yeah. So she'll settle. She'll settle for the shrimpinator. Okay. So that Miss Cleo art teacher approaches (laughs) Rachel. She's still carrying this damn feather thing because she's an art teacher. And she's so, (laughs) you know, (laughs) cultural, eccentric. Yeah, and she's here to let her know that her latest piece of work, the one that it had her mother in it, was the best she'd ever done. You know, whatever has gotten you to open up like this, don't let it go. Basically, trying to guide her to Freddie Prince Jr.'s dick inadvertently. And so, Rachel Lee Cook spots Freddie Prince Jr. and Taylor dancing and is very conflicted about, you know, how she feels towards him.
2: But by the way, we didn't quite bring it up in art class, but it's definitely a factor now on your bingo cards. uh, Magical Black. Oh,
1: yes. Yes. Very true.
0: Or just black lady there to serve the plot of the white people. Yeah. Mm, No, magical black lady. She's walking around with that
2: (laughs) feather again. and (laughs) Listen to the advice I've been trying to tell you all this time. Also, I told a bunch of art schools you like that you're really good now because of one
0: painting. Yeah. Yeah, that that is the extent of her characterization and yeah the magical black lady is a an established problematic movie trope yep so. so in the men's room Paul Walker is bragging to this is the scene that convinced me that Paul and- Walker's character is a virgin oh yeah this Garrett yeah. fucking tease yeah, of Paul absolutely. Walker's character is a virgin so he's in the bathroom bragging to Dulé Hill and some just some random dudes that he's totally gonna bang Rachel Lee Cook later in a hotel room that he's rented out
2: and Dulé Hill is giving him appropriate levels of shit about this because Paul Paul Walker's like, hey, this room number is gonna be famous after tonight. And he's like, what? Are you gonna go get
0: murdered there? <laughs> He does. It's amazing. Because <laughs> Dulé Hill doesn't and believe then, him at all throughout this movie that he yeah. in any way has sex.
2: And Paul Walker has started, you know, he gives his spiel. And Dulé Hill's like, you know what? I sense making a bet, but you know what? No, man, let me just tell you. There's no way she's going to fuck you.
0: Yep. <laughs> just listen to me. He even tries to like brag to the randos like, yeah, man, you believe I'm going to. And the guy's just like, nope. <laughs> and then there's no one in the room. And he's like yeah yeah this is totally my night he says taking a swig from his hip flask as if to convince himself
1: it is more to himself
0: yeah he's absolutely talking himself up that he's finally going to get to have the sex so paul walker exits the bathroom and it turns out that eldon henson was in the stall the whole time and heard Everything. So Eldon Henson runs back to his table, gets winded because fat guy. And then he tries to do it again
2: because he tells Anna Paquin and Anna Paquin's like, well, shit, you got to tell the person that matters right. to.
1: you got to tell the protagonist of this movie. Yeah, this Come movie. on. That's our purpose in life. What
0: the fuck, side character? Yeah, stop trying to have your own arc. Stop <laughs> trying to have an arc, Eldon Henson. No one else gets an arc yeah. in this. You don't get one either. Yeah, I don't, if I don't get an arc, you don't get if an arc. If the
2: fucking okay? protagonist doesn't get an An arc.
0: You don't get an arc. We get shrimp. That's the deal.
2: (laughs) <laughs> you get shrimp, okay? Yeah,
0: you get shrimp, and I get makeup. That is the extent of our characterization. So it's now time to announce the prom king and queen. No surprise, Freddie Prince Jr. is prom king. Uh, and apparently in the closest vote in the school's history, uh, Taylor just becomes prom queen. Although not that close, it's fifty-four to forty-six. There's an eight percent margin, which is it's not a landslide, but that's a solid. Those are solid margins.
2: I'm going out and saying that there's only six. 60 people in the class and a few of them voted often and it's literally there's literally only a hundred votes to count
0: <laughs> and there was definitely some audible booing when Taylor got it right like it would not just be I heard there's some, oh like, yeah! Definitely an element of the crowd that was booing
1: her. Boo, Andy, boo!
0: So Elden Henson, Mickey's with the crowd, like yelling out to Freddie Prince Jr. Like, because he's trying to like let him know what's going on. Apparently, he feels that this is so important that he needs to interrupt the prom king and queen ceremony right now. Yeah, but he's slow, so he doesn't make it there in time. Yeah, he had to stop for shrimp several times.
2: Freddie Prince Jr. gives a commencement
0: speech. Yeah. I it's very
2: generic, weird. Yeah, very generic, very weird. We have our whole lives ahead of us. We can be whoever we want to be and strive for success. This is not graduation, <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. This is not when this speech
1: happens. The speech that he gives is exactly why I took issue with this movie. Is they just think being a teenager is such a major stage in life. I'm sorry, it's not. This is not the beginning. This is not the ending. This is a weird part in the middle. This
2: part of your life is over when you were mandated like your the mandatory education part of your life is over. Time to get your shit together and have a life of your own. But proms, the formal dance is not where you have that goddamn speech. I can't emphasize this enough. And then it's Taylor's turn and she's going to do a proper homecoming queen speech of thank you and look how much better I am. And the fucking principal unplugs her mic. <laughs>
1: As she says, "Fuck you" to everyone who didn't vote. But- yeah, she's basically yeah. using the speech to say
0: "Fuck you" to all the haters. Literally, <laughs> yeah. He pulls the he pulls the cord out. So, Eldon Henson is <laughs> you know kind of pulls Freddie Prince Jr. off in the middle of his speech, calls him off the stage, and at first he's too winded to explain what he wants to say because you know fat guy although not really fat guy and Anna Packwood's like spends way too long trying to get Eldon Henson to to say the thing even though she knows what's going on eventually she gives up on him and tells him about Paul Walker and Rachel Lee Cook going to a hotel room so Freddie Bruce Jr. leaves the prom and he's driving around talking on his cell phone he's calling all the hotels he's trying to figure out where Paul Walker and Rachel Lee Cook are and I don't think hotels are ever going to tell people who's staying with them, right? I feel like that's not a thing they do.
1: If you're trying to call a certain room, I think sometimes. Well, no, are. you
0: could be, you could call and call a certain room, but you can't be like, hey, do you have a so-and-so staying at your hotel? Yeah, they're going to say, we're not going to tell you
1: whether or not we have a person staying yeah. with us. Well, Freddie Prince Jr. is graduating to superpowers level of stalking. <laughs> you know, he can literally the entire world responds to his stalking requests.
2: I think if he announced that it was Freddie Prince Jr. calling, then they would give him
0: the information. He's in too much of a hurry. So we return to Rachel Lee Cook's house as Freddie Prince Jr. keeps dialing on his ancient cell phone. And Kevin Pollock is trying to teach Kieran Culkin about different pool shapes. Yeah, I'm not sure why that matters. Because apparently... Apparently this it's is super be important. S- yeah, because Kieran Culkin's going to be helping him with the pool business over the summer, and he really needs to know the difference between a kidney-shaped pool and whatever the fuck other pool shapes are. I don't feel like that's relevant to cleaning.
1: And uh, no, Kieran's... Kieran's getting into the waiter business.
0: Yeah, there's no unless it involves rollerblades and grounding fresh pepper, then it's not a career that he's interested in. So Rachel Lee Cook comes in. She's clearly distraught, having endured something, kind of lies to Kevin Pollock about having had a good time, that he was right, that she should have gone. Kevin Pollock kind of beckons her into the room because who is waiting for her? But Freddie Prince.
1: He's in the house.
0: Which means he's been standing there Watching Kieran
2: Culkin fall asleep While he's getting his pool shapes education Like
0: he's just been a witness to he, this Kevin <laughs> Pollock was just like Yeah,
1: you can wait here But I gotta I got to talk to Kieran about some shit So <laughs> I'm just gonna stand here and watch you intensely
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna make sure I'm standing away from the doorway So we can have a dramatic exactly. reveal later Exactly Exactly <laughs> so kevin Pollock tells them like oh well i gotta get up early tomorrow so i'll leave you kids to talk by the way if you want to talk uh make sure you go do it out by the pool it's a lot more cinematic out there yeah yeah because you know we, we we've had so many scenes in the basement it just wouldn't be a great place to have a finale you
2: know and what those I mean? are rentals i mean you don't want to get them dirty in the basement no no, 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 no.
1: Somewhere where I can clearly watch you and uh, turn on lights at a very inconvenient time.
2: Yeah, I mean that was the whole. Yeah. that was the whole reason because he, he had lights rigged to give his yeah. daughter a romantic moment. Because this is the scene where it all comes out and everyone forgives each other.
0: It's a very bullshit scene. It is. Kieran Culkin, before they go outside, apologizes to Freddie Prinze Jr. for calling him an asshole, and they they make up. So before they go out, Rachel Lee Cook mentions that like she figured out what Paul Walker was doing way too late she was apparently really naive and i guess got all the way to the possibly the hotel
1: yeah i mean my my note here is finally someone reacting to the rampant sexual harassment that was going on at this school and
0: her reaction is incredible because what she did was i guess paul walker tried to get fresh she took out a fucking air horn from her purse (laughs) And blasted it directly into his ear. And she says, I really hope I didn't do any permanent damage. And you did, Rachel Lee Cook. Yes, you, you absolutely did.
1: And it did. was superb.
0: <laughs> So they're they're out by the pool now. And Freddie just says what he should have said, you know, way earlier in the movie. Like, look, I made that bet before I knew you. She's like, oh, what did you lose in this bet? And he's like, oh, I lost my best friend. You mean that asshole Paul Walker, who was somehow your best friend, even though he clearly hated your fucking guts
1: all the time in this movie?
0: Yeah. And Rachel E. Cook says, you know, she that she appreciates that he, you know, he gave up his prom for her, and no, he was there for most of it.
1: He got crowned prom yeah. kick. He got everything he needed out of prom. Yeah, guy who has everything got everything.
2: And then he asks her for the last dance, though, because yeah, okay, they missed the very end, so he asked for the last dance, and no, you can have the first
0: what no yeah. that's not how this no works. it's the last dance it's the last thing, right there were dances earlier your dad just put mood lighting on for us yeah and then we get this great line she says this is the worst line in the whole fucking I movie feel like julia robertson pretty woman except for you know the whole hooker thing god that line is sucks
1: it's so bad that's pandering.
0: Uh, and then after some foreplay banter about art school, they finally kiss. Yeah, I had absolutely
1: no emotional reaction. To and that then case.
2: the moment we've all been waiting for for the entire 90 minute runtime. Hey, so that bet you guys had, were there any stakes for it?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we get this as the camera pulls out to look at the city. and We hear this in voiceover.
2: So it's graduation. People's names are being called up. This is where you find out that paul walker still can't hear uh, by the way prom is not a night
0: before graduation thing so there's two weeks where he's just not telling her what the stakes <laughs> of the bet That's are <laughs> paul walker's deaf for two weeks <laughs> yeah he's deaf for two weeks taylor is having an angry smoke in the background and again no teachers are being like hey hey you can't smoke here it's fucking school grounds God, American graduations are boring. Having to sit there in a nylon fucking gown, Mm -hmm. waiting for your turn to go up for three seconds, get your diploma, the worst. Yep. Do you you know, that did not happen in South Africa. Do you know what they said the day after I finished my final exam? Get the fuck out of town. You have 24 hours to (laughs) leave. Otherwise, we're going to withhold your exam results. What? (laughs) Yeah, so I went to boarding school. And to make sure that, you know, students because people finish their exams at different times because people did different subjects. Once you were done, they wanted you the fuck out of town because they knew that you were going to get drunk and go crazy. They wanted you out of town so you wouldn't disturb the exams that were still going on. So they said, look, you need to leave town in 24 hours or we will withhold your final exam results. I got absolutely wasted that night. That did not stop me, but I was out of town in 24 hours. I didn't want them withholding my exam results. So the idea that you have this whole ceremony very american i don't know how they do it in england but it was like a one day thing some people showed up so paul walker yeah he's de- he's still deaf but also he's chewing on his tassel <laughs> he's just chewing on his tassel like he can't hear anything it's like little kim <laughs> has to let him know that it's his turn to go up
1: it's funny because he's a sexual harasser who's deaf mm-hmm. He got his just desserts.
0: So now we cut to... Speaking of sexual harassment... Yeah, and... <laughs> we see Freddie Prince Jr. He's just sitting naked at graduation with a soccer ball in front of his wang because the bet clearly whoever loses has to go to graduation
1: naked and... He's sitting in the midst of all these other people who are entirely dressed and apparently no one has looked at him once.
2: Yes, no one has noticed nope. this because once he gets called and starts walking up there... Then there's reaction. Movie
1: allows people to see. Yes.
2: Yeah, and then there's a bigger reaction, and we know
0: why because Rachel Lee Cook catches the soccer ball. Mm-hmm. Yep, and she finds us funny and charming, and Sixpence yeah. None the Richer plays us out. She's found
1: her supersized ball.
0: <laughs> yes. Well that was she's all that and before we go as millennials we know that every single movie and tv show has a moral for us to learn and so jules what did you learn today
1: well i learned that stalking is okay if you're wealthy popular and good at everything yep and
0: john what did, what uh, would you learn
2: i learned the one of the best ways to get someone interested in you is you ask him out on a date and then immediately decide to play video games instead <laughs> Yes, yes. She will become far more interested in going on that date. It is the ultimate
0: neg. (laughs) Uh, And I learned all about the joys and wonders of being a protagonist. And before we go, we need to tell you what we're going to do next time. So, John, what do the folks at home have to look forward to? They have the widely, widely beloved
2: children's classic, Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey.
1: Oh!
2: And you have a review for us? I do as I said it's you know widely beloved and remembered so that means we're diving into one star review category here. Oh yeah. <laughs> Quite a few uh said, "Yeah, it's boring." There was this weirdly indignant one that got upset that the animals could talk cuz they really can't in you know real life. And that was just the beginning of their complaints, but then I found the true jewel. This oh my god, I'm I'm just going to just going to put it out there. <clears throat> The weirdest teen sex comedy I've ever seen. Who brings a mountain lion? (laughs) What? I'm going to try that again because I know I spat through some of the words. (laughs) (laughs) The weirdest teen sex comedy I've ever seen. Who brings a mountain lion? What? What the fuck? This is a user review on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a one star review,
0: and that's all it says. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess we have a teen sex comedy to look forward to. <laughs> And that's our show. If you liked it, please subscribe. If you loved it, please share it with all your friends. And whether you liked it or loved it, we'd appreciate it if you gave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help others find us. Also, be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. Links to both of those are in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Millennial Rewind.